The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue and mock my words well. How about this woman? You are really hired, Mr. Stark. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. I told you what was going to start off in a totally different way, but then I realized like right as I was going live to where we will get into that thing later on. And I was embarrassed. So... I am your host, Roddy Cat. You can find me at Roddy Cat on Twitter. You can also find me at News Nurse Need on Twitter. You can also find me at CB Caps on Instagram. We gotta find a new sound clip for real. <laughs> and the man who brought us said sound clip, the man behind the sound cord, uh, sound, I'm about to say sound cloud, sound board, our man in Brooklyn. One agent underscore seventy on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? We're Brooklyn. We're Brooklyn. We're Brooklyn. That never gets old. Um, who again is in the throes of sports ball? So if you hear any strange sounds out of him outside of usual, you will know why. Yeah, all you owners of Patrick Mahomes and fantasy football, you have my sympathy right now. We are uh, streaming live Thursday night. Indeed. Shout out to all my other streaming folks stories tonight. Anyway, uh, not with us is PCN underscore dirt on Twitter, pop culture net on Twitter, pop culture network.com, and all of his umbrella sites therein. And of course, the Osiris of this ish, Tim DOGG98 on Twitter, the click, uh, yep, actually, the click nation on Twitter, that's the K L I Q N A T I O N, the click nation.com, and of, oh, excuse me, and CB Cron on Twitter, and of course, comic book resources over there, right in his face off. And you can find this here podcast on, uh, we hope for a long term, uh, CSPN.us. Do it today. So, yes, go there and uh, find us and other fine programming of the podcasting sorts. You can also find this podcast on. Uh, Google Play and Apple to iTunes, uh, aka Apple Podcasts. I don't know if they're still calling that iTunes. There's a big thing around that right now, but hey, whatever. You know what I'm talking about. Spotify and the Cole Slither Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. And uh, without further ado, we shall get into the books of the week, starting with um, X-Men number one. The Hickman, the reign of Hickman has started in earnest. Right. And essentially this number one issue kind of presumes you've read all of House of X and Powers of Ten. And if you haven't, what is wrong with you? (laughs) Because it literally picks up right where we left off in those two twin miniseries. So it's it serves as a decent jumping on point for a brand new reader who is completely 
you know, the, the spy what Roddy Cat said, there's always going to be somebody that doesn't read those precursor miniseries. Well, and, that's true. Know, to pick up a number one. I mean, but also those people are probably not caring that much about X Men to read it. I would suspect. Yeah. That's true enough, given the given the the reception that the two miniseries received. But uh, in any event, Hickman does do a decent amount of setup in this. He does establish uh, kind of the, the the status quo for the X Men, but we also dive right into the action, which, as I mentioned before, is a direct continuation of the events in the House of X and Powers of 10 miniseries. Right. We're pretty much seeing the aftermath of a particular mission from, from that miniseries, which, and I didn't think about it until that pattern was like, Oh, right. <laughs> this is that, this is the end of that mission from the other side of the coin, um, which was interesting to see, but it also sets up something that's clearly going to be brought up um, probably within this arc, of the, within the next two arcs. I know Kickman, I think he said that, up until issue 12 seems like it's going to be out on time like mm-hmm. it's supposed to so i'm assuming that's probably inferring something else also with the with the other slate of books that are coming i gotcha i was about to say that's also a direct shot at doomsday clock oh no shots no. fired <laughs> that would be very funny if it is, if it actually is there that's <laughs> <laughs> just i'm just joking but you might of- i mean hey you may or may not be joking this is like we don't know <laughs> Like I, I doubt. Yeah, despite actually, the fact that I'm joking, we don't know, right? Right. Yeah. Like, like I seriously don't think Hickman's worried about Doomsday Clock at this or any particular <laughs> moment. But that would be some funny mess if it was. Like, oh, just a nice man. little shot. Um, but yeah. So that being the case, you know, this first issue pretty much starts. You might as well say, I guess. Um, is it year ten? I guess. This is, this is technically year 10, which is the present. Yeah, I believe it's 10, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so this takes place during, like, if you have read uh, House and Powers, then you kind of know this is one of the timelines that, they, they, um, that was brought up a good bit. Like I said, especially with one particular mission uh, that this is coming off after. So therefore, you know, th- this is that timeline, which still weird in the whole the the big marvel you know the whole universe of marvel because like pretty much everything that's happened to rehappen to rehappen to happen has been going on while whatever else is going on in the marvel universe right with connected or not you know so which obviously you know when they did you know b- before going into this nobody could really there's not a whole lot folks could do like they could probably use some characters here and there or or kind of allude to it but not say anything you know fully about it until this until this moment so now right. you will probably start to see other books we can assume other books will will probably you know mention a little bit more about what's uh the state of sure. mankind right it's pretty much you know wolverine you know wolverine could be anywhere but, but there's uh, that but well, storm is also showing up in uh like black panther oh but, that's right yeah. that's right that's true but yeah but yeah but outside of that it hasn't been really that much you know that many folks showing up outside of here um so but that being said so the the way to think about this book is like that whole um you know the it establishes where we are, which we, we, you know, we, I guess you could say you already knew, but it also shows us one particular family. Cause technically our family. And that's the weird part about it because like that, that family in itself 
has a lot of um a lot of branches on that family tree and even relations. Mm-hmm. And one of those relations was just mentioned that apparently is not necessarily directly family that we know of at this point, but was invited to the to the to the cookout, as they say. Um regardless. And that oh, you mean Wolverine? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a pretty interesting inclusion into the uh, what is known as, and I'll ring the spoiler bell real quick. So just so that we'll we'll still skirt around most of the big uh, spoilery things, but uh, it, it's worth uh, mentioning here. So I'm going to ring the bell in three, two, one. So yeah, it's called the Summer's Habitat. Uh, you know this particular corner of the habitat area. Um, on uh, they've actually opened up uh, a small Krakoan uh, uh, habitat on uh, the blue area of the moon. Very inhumans like, yeah. So I got to use it. And uh, yeah, so I don't think the inhumans are there now. So no, no, no. I mean, I don't think anybody's there now. Well, well, actually, I take it back because didn't like whatever Nick Fury is now. He's supposed to be there. Oh, that's true. Yeah, but outside of that, yeah, there's nobody else has been there. That's true. Which, so, which also. I see that coming into play. Um, I don't know. It's weird. The X-Men like to put themselves, you know, as much as they try to keep themselves out of harm's way, they put themselves in it just as much because mm-hmm. knowing the other factors that are still in play in the universe at large against them now that are out in space also, <laughs> that kind of opens up something, you know, if they ever get found, which I can't see how they, they you know, right. wouldn't at this point get found and that's going to get attacked or something at some point. So that's going to be interesting when that when and or if that should happen to prop up. But yeah, so we see here the, the summers have made themselves a house specifically uh, Cyclops have made him, himself a homestead on the moon. And uh, he and his family, which uh, I guess I totally forgot, like Polaris was married to Havoc at one time or something. Was that true? Or would they date it? If I remember correctly, they definitely, yeah, they definitely dated. I don't know if they ever got married. Right. Yeah, I know they I were. They don't were, remember. I just don't yeah, remember. I don't either. Like, there, there's so much happening in the X universe, so I don't even know. But regardless, they weren't linked at some point. So Cyclops, you know, mm-hmm. there was basically a TED talk at the beginning of the, of the issue when they were on a mission. But so we were kind of skipping on that on purpose because all of that's like it is what it is on that stuff. Mm-hmm. But the the real meat of it is in. Huh, uh, the 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 whole family outing, and we find out, uh, you know, the situation about the habitat that's on the moon. The you know, as with House of X powers of, you know, there's a whole sketch out of the layout and that kind of good stuff. Um, and who lives there, which includes Wolverine, which is weird. So I'm like, so it's basically Scott, Gene, Wolverine, and like, you know. The various other submers jokers. No, no hope though. I, oddly enough, like Teen Cable's there, and Rachel's right. there. It's noted. I was about to say it's noted that uh, um, there's an empty bedroom. I think yes, on one of the data sheets. But uh, two, what's but funny yeah. is that the uh, the third Summers brother, who was always rumored to be uh, Gambit back in the day, Vulcan is Vulcan. there, mm-hmm. and he. I don't recall what's happened to Vulcan. Since the, the 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 end of that Shi'ar story, when right. he had taken over the Shi'ar Empire, right? So it's kind of uh, it's kind of jarring uh, to read his character being being written now. Not exactly, I don't exactly remember what he was like before. So it's really jarring to read what he's like now, right? Like, and I don't from what I like this, 
Right, and from what I remember her from him was probably like from uh, way back when when uh, was it? Uh, not Emperor Down, whatever the X story was, uh, Executioner song was it? Or, or not that one. No, regardless of whatever the one that that had to deal with him and then finding out about him, I guess. Right. Uh, which none of the, I kind of want to go back and read, and he was kind of pretty. I want to dare say Namor like, kind of magnanimous. In, in oh, yeah. oh like, yeah, he definitely was. I mean, he was definitely along those, you know, he he was a, a big bad guy type. And uh, it seems like uh, they're, you know, in the midst of reforming him or, or or at least appearing to reform him at this point. Right. Even stating why he acts that way, apparently, in, in some outer monologue of his own. Right. So I'm like, that's kind of interesting. But apparently he's also got chokes because that one little interaction between him and Wolverine was actually pretty, was actually pretty amusing. Exactly. I'm, you know, that's exactly what I have in front of me now. I had just paid, I had just flipped past it. So, but yeah, so outside of that, that's pretty much the, 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 the gist of this issue. Um, yeah, like the, that, that whole thing in itself was like, huh, okay, I, 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 I get it, but at the same time, oh, well, well, never mind. I think we do end up meeting someone else that reminds me of a Spider Man villain uh, that will probably come up at some point. Oh yeah, there's a couple of things. This issue is a heck of a lot of setup. Yeah, you know, uh, including the parts with that that continue directly from House and Powers. Um, this issue sets up a lot of what is to come. Um, one is, you know, there's some time travel shenanigans uh, that's always been part of the story. Um, there's also, um, you know, the 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 Orcus project, the humanity, the the, the humanity, the, the I guess a cross section of scientists from both terrorist and non-terrorist organizations yes. who are uh, banding together to try to do something about what they perceive to be the mutant problem. So um, that, that project continues despite uh, some of the X-Men's um, uh, hard fought and, and, and bloody victories against Orcus. There's still, a faction of Orcus that remains and we will see how, uh, how they, you know, what their what happens to their plans in the next few issues. So, um, there's a lot, there's a lot to be said for, uh, you know, picking up, you know, keeping the, uh, the ball moving. And I think that's what Hickman does in this issue. Mm, right. Right. Like, so we're still in first arc, you know, first arc, uh, business, but yeah, like I said, coming out of house of, this is pretty much, as they say, the dawn of X has started. Right, right. And I kind of like I I I, <clears throat> I, I, I like uh, I'm a fan of the Star Jammers, so I'm happy to see the Star <laughs> Jammers uh, out here, um, you know, playing uh, at least a bit of a supporting role. You know, a little bit more than what we're used to seeing. Right. right? If uh, the cover is lately, the, at least. right, if the cover is in the indication, I assume. That is the this basically group of X Men is going to be basically mostly Summers. Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah. Corsair is going to be you know somewhere on the periphery. Right. Yeah. As as yeah as we get uh, in uh, as that comes apparent in the midst of the book. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll see how how that pans out. You know, going forward, like um, and I totally can't remember which what the next book, but there is as um as. Hickman has been doing, giving a nice little. Um, I don't know if it's a reading order. It's just hey, hey, these books are coming. Like I don't know if these if these are going to get tied like uh, or that completely tied like um, House and Powers were. But at the back of the book, we do get like hey, these books are coming. 
including next issue somewhere down the line, something like that, you know. It looks like a release order. Right. But it does resemble the reading order that we have been getting for a while. So right. So that's what I'm kind of wondering. It's like that's that's obviously that's that's un that's not unintentional, right? Uh, but that's also it could be like, hey, guess what? Xbooks are coming, so you know, it could exactly. Be just no more than that. Uh, so if that we have nothing else to say about this well, book, we can move on. President Bartlett, much next. Yeah, grab you some Kakro and OxyClean and uh, take care of all of that. Um. You go ahead and uh, what you got. All right, let's see what you read. Uh, before I throw out something, <clears throat> how about Black Panther and the Agents of Wakanda number two? Sure, all right. So, uh, this is um, the second half of the opening story in this book, which involved Black Panther and the Agents of Wakanda investigating an anomaly in the middle of Oklahoma and that anomaly turns out to be <laughs> spoiler alert she didn't read the first issue it's the century which I audibly groaned when when I saw that I'm like oh really but apparently you know spoiler alert they seem to have taken care of the problem. <laughs> right. It's, you know what's funny is that what's funny about this is that they basically undid the results of a five issue century miniseries yep. in one blow from Fat Cobra. Yeah, shout out to Fat Cobra who 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 did some did some dealers in this book. Who basically took everybody's <laughs> criticism. <laughs> about his in, yeah, exactly. Basically took everybody's in, uh, criticism of his inclusion on this team and said, uh, "What's the move? Hold on." I'm scrolling, scrolling, scrolling because oh, right. he had a specific like name. Something. Yeah, he had a specific name for the move. <laughs> it is um, the sevenfold strike of the annihilated aura. Is that what that was? Okay, yeah, I thought it was a palm or something. Yeah, but I've always loved those names. All those, all those <laughs> names from uh, from uh, you know because they they definitely uh, have kept a lot of the things that came out of fraction, uh, right, fraction, mortal, mortal weapons, mortal yep. obvious weapons slash. Yeah, because he did both of those, right? He did weapons and and fist. Yes. I know he did fist, but yeah, I know. Yes, I believe so. Yeah, which I still admittedly have not read, but it's you know. good. Yeah, it's good. I've heard. I need to go back because every time something like this comes up or something with Iron Fist shows comes up that references something from back then, I'm like, I need to read this and uh, never get a chance to, or I never get around to it, including another book that's uh, that came out this week. Which right, it's like one of those. Sense. It's one of those quintessential studies of the character that you really can't process what's going on with the character now without having read it. Like Hawkeye, right? You know, like if you didn't read Fraction and Aja's Hawkeye, and it's kind should. of hard to, right? But it's kind of hard to understand where Hawkeye is now, right? So, which yeah, and Fraction's got a book out this week also that that uh, we will be mentioning. Not sure if it's going to go as far as he did with those two characters, other two characters, but we'll see. Uh, but yeah, outside of that, um, yeah, there's really not much to it. They call in some backup, you know, in, in the form of a hammer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but ultimately, Fat Corker is the one who gets the the, the the last blow in. Right. I was going to say it's an Avengers reference, right? Yep. It's a Avengers movie reference. Yep. 
So, but it was good. I, I like I said, I enjoyed reading. It was just like okay, it was like I didn't and, think. I and shout out to Okoye for surviving being impaled. Right, which I well see that was the other thing because I was wondering like is that in her mind now or is that did that really actually happen? It seemed as though everything was in their minds. So I was like, okay, well once you know that got because I actually thought that too. It was like, wait, she actually got impaled, but then kind of found out like, no, it looks like it was all in her mind or something. Apparently, yeah. So, because I, I thought the same thing, I'm like, dang, she just, she G'd up. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, uh, Fat Cobra's other move was the exploding palm of the ravenous redeemer. That's what it was, yeah. That was the first time he broke out the uh, the kung fu. So, so that was, yeah. that, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty cool. It's yeah. like, you know, we even, we, you know, it, it was even a point of uh, discussion for us as to why Fat Cobra of all people was included. And of course, and now we know uh, exactly it's Zub on this, right? Yes. Yeah. Now we know why Jim Zub had him specifically placed on this team at the very beginning. Yeah. Which, you know, I, I, I'm even without that, I'm sure there would have been at some point, there would have been something well, like clearly this is why this person on this, this, this person not on this team for no apparent reason. And let's face it, agents of Wakanda have been throwing out some, you know, there has been some, uh, there's all been a whole motley crew in that setup in the first place. Mm. <laughs> so even before this book happened, like, you know, gorilla man and, and brew and, and, you know, the rest of them, those casters just happened to be long, you know, got wasp up in the cut. Sure. So it's, it's kind of funny because, uh, you know, Bruce here, uh, I, I can only imagine what he would be like on Krakoa right, right. now. And I want to say, like, which I thought about that, I was like, wait, did he actually, was he on Krakoa at any point that we see? And I don't remember. Yeah. Nope. So I guess he was like, well, I guess he can come and go as he, as he pleased if he wants to or not. And I'm sure that he's not the only mutant that's brought, like out in other spots, you know, that hasn't shown up there yet. Um, and I feel like I've seen, if not on Twitter or something, in the back of a letters page, like, hey, how come XYZ hasn't shown up on uh, Krakoa yet? You know, which, you know, I'm sure at some point, maybe that'll get addressed. Or maybe not. We don't know. Uh, so, yeah, Black Panther and the Agents of Conda number two. I'm yeah, still kind of interested in this book. Yeah, it's it, it. This issue proved to be fun, especially with uh, Fat Cobra taking a center stage. So I'll be interested to see where the next story goes, or if anything, like given what happened at the end of this, like, well, is something going to come back on that? Because it could lend itself to for something coming back, to mm-hmm. possibly. But you know, if it does, who knows? Uh, so next up, well, I guess let's go arrow number four. Sure. So um, it seems like we've gone, I guess, back in time because we, we're pretty much back at the the first issue of the book, or at least events that stream from the first uh, the first issue of the book when she was out and about with her boyfriend, and then some something jumps off out and, and she wants to go take care of it, um. Which is weird because we thought it jumped into something else, and then it just snapped back I think into this. I, if I'm not mistaken, last issue was uh, last issue was a flashback, but I'd have to go back and read it. Well, see, that's what it, it didn't seem like it at the time because it felt like. I mean, you're probably right. Put it that way, but it mm-hmm. kind of seemed like well, it was coming off of that, and then going into this other thing, and then 
this was the snap. This was the flashback. It seems like, right? But we don't know which. But that could be the case where you're right, and that was a flashback, and this wasn't. But sure. it but it didn't read that way to me. Put it that way. Right. I mean, we read a lot. So, you know, yeah. for someone who is we read a lot of books. So that's what, what what I mean by this is for someone who maybe is only following Arrow, it's a little easier for them to recall what happened in the previous issue. Probably. But, and uh, that is A-E-R-O, not A-R-R-O-W. Like exactly. DC Arrow. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard to differentiate the pronunciation. I wanted to clue uh, yourself and our uh, loyal watchers and listeners in on a conversation i had with greg pock he uh, i actually asked him some of the uh, some of the questions we had uh about how he is adapting uh these books okay. into uh you know into you know for english language readers and what he told me is that he's getting literal translations of the dialogue and they are um reformatting it so that it's a little bit easier to read uh in terms of dialogue but sure. they're also uh, shifting it. right and they're shifting panels and sequences around to make it a little easier for us to understand and for storytelling purposes hmm. so that's essentially what's happening so straight from the writer's mouth um that's what's happening at least for these um adapted sections sure did you um, ask him for the, the <laughs> did you ask him for the the original translation no but uh he told me there were literal translations that were provided and he what he said was uh a lot of these books were published electronically right they were web comics and so um i don't think he had copies of them handy uh, but, uh, it would have been funny to see, Hey man, show me the emails, right. but, um, <laughs> but in any event, that's essentially what, uh, what the process is, at least for these, for the portions of these books, both arrow and Swordmaster, that are, uh, being adapted for, uh, for English, uh, for American and just English speaking audiences. Hmm. So, um, it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's proven to be at, at least, with regards to the the sequence in this story, a little a little confusing, but like we said, it, it's probably because we just don't remember the events of the previous issues that well. Um, right, maybe you know if we had a chance to maybe pull up uh, number issue number three, we might have better luck. Well, but I can, um, but I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> right, but in any but but in any event. I think this is the stronger of the two uh, series that we've gotten so far, the solo series uh, between uh, this and uh, Swordmaster. And, um, you know, not, you know, uh, you know, everything from the presentation to the art to um, to to the the characterization. Yeah. Even the backup stories have been pretty good with uh, Pac and uh, Alyssa Wong, apparently uh, writing that. Right, and the and and I didn't want to gloss too far past the the main story. I kind of liked the whole the the, the crystal uh, creatures that emerged out of um, you know that that are becoming the next big threat for her to face. It's not just weather related, right? But, um, but yeah, jumping to the backup story. Well, with, uh, before you, Wade. yeah, but that may or may not have anything to do with that. Said what we thought to be a flashback or who or that or whatever. In the last issue, mm-hmm. or the last couple of issues, rather. So, right. anyway, go ahead. But uh, uh, what Roddy was referring to is uh, the backup. The backup issue explores 
uh, Arrows team up with Wave, the uh, the, the the newest Filipino uh, character who uh, is whose whose origin is being explored. And uh, we have some news that literally dropped, I believe, today. Yes. Um, Which, yeah, that, well. uh, that, that kind of relates to the events that have been happening in these backup issues with Wave. And something and, we have possibly talked about on this show in the past with another book. That, oh, we definitely that came out last. Yeah, that came out last week, actually. We definitely have. So, yeah. Um, but uh, we'll get to that in the news. So stay tuned. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I said, still, still like an arrow uh, for 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 both the the main story and the backup story, and um, it definitely still reads uh, manga like. Obviously, it's not as I don't heavy is not the word I'm looking for because it's not right, but it's, it's not as verbose. Basically, yeah. There's lots of pretty pictures. There's lots of movement and it's action. definitely yeah, it's definitely a westernized like it's definitely a westernized manga style. I'll put yeah. it that way. Um, more comic book like than than manga, but still, it it still reads like that, and it's still pretty good for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be interested to see. I don't think I know anybody like this who you know who are heavy manga readers and are comic book fans. You know, pick this up and see what they think thought about it. Right, because I I don't I, I Roddy may be more of a uh practiced manga reader than I am, but. Mm. Uh, very light. <laughs> very I mean, light. If you, I was gonna say if you're very light, I'm 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 lighter than that apparently. So, mm. so but yeah, there's 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 a couple of them that I've read in the past, and a couple of them I can actually want to read because not they're known. Uh, they sell them a lot on Comicsology and a couple places uh, I've been wanting to. But anyway, that's what neither here nor there at that point. Uh, so yeah, all right, still like that's an arrow. arrow number four. Yep. Uh, you want to pull uh, hit up the next one? What's next? Uh, let's see here. How about we don't actually we actually don't have as many books in common this week. So let's pull yeah, out because we usually have a good half our list is usually the same books. Yeah, let's pull out the last of them. Uh, so Guardians. Guardians of the Galaxy number ten. Yeah. All right. And then I guess we can just sort of go rapid through all of our other books. Oh yeah. Uh, let's see. So yeah, we basically find out where how young Magus, uh, Magus, I think uh, it's Magus, yeah, came uh, to to this point, which ends up being a slightly disturbing part, uh, disturbing to, which is weird because it's kind of disturbing to the one person who you would think wouldn't be disturbed by something like that, and that would be uh, Moon Dragon, especially given her past. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but she was like, uh, "Are you? Are we okay with this?" <laughs> <laughs> Because X, Y, Z, and we find out um, about the other person that has recently come back. And apparently, um, you may or may not know this, this came out of uh, Infinity Wars. Yes. So I did not read Infinity Wars, but I did happen to read something recently about this particular character. Because uh, mm-hmm. I think, matter of fact, after the last issue, I went back and went and read on what happened, what how you know what happens to this character. I'm like, okay, sure. And the, that character we were talking about is Drax, who is now back, I guess. But it's old, but it's OG Drax, not the right, new sort of right. Yeah, the, not the new movie version Drax, who apparently uh, I'll just go ahead and say it now because I don't know who 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 read got split apart with. Um, in Infinity Wars with his human half and 
you know, the, the old direct, which somehow came back to this. As, at that part, I'm still not sure how that happened, but like, like he got split apart, and there, and I guess people thought he was dead, and and you know, one part's living someplace else, and one part's and they were split up in two different places, and they were there, and now this one's back for some other reasons, and brought friends <laughs> along with them. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, and is now working for the church, or the church is working for him. We still don't know how if, if that is clear, but apparently. Um, He's doing the role that mages would have done in 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 this place, and we yeah, have mages. the church is referring to is the Universal Church of Truth, the uh, big galactic church, yes, uh, that has uh, constantly been a thorn in uh, several heroes' sides um, over the past several years in the Marvel universe. Or you can take any church for that. I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no. I was about to say I'm ducking and covering. Travel that lightning strike will travel through the electrical uh, system. I'm good. I'm good, baby. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, nah, the Universal Church definitely who has come back into existence. Uh, you know, older Guardians, not older Guardians, well, Guardians fans of, you know, of a certain vintage would, would know that name and know their their um, impact on the cosmic universe, the mm-hmm. cosmic Marvel universe. So, um, but yeah, so we found out about how those people came out. And we also found out that uh, apparently um, Rocket is not as in good a shape as, well, we knew he wasn't in good shape, but he apparently is. It's deteriorating. Yes, I think. it's in worse shape than we knew. Right, because it's a, that it's, big mech, that, worse. Yeah. yeah, that big mech that he has is doing more than just uh, being big, bad, and, and uh, weapon and Gundam like. <laughs> yes, exactly. So apparently, there's some. It's a mix of you know. What's funny is that this rendition in this issue looks a little bit more Robotech. Uh, yeah, I just can see a little. That. I can see it. Yeah, just because I mean, because yeah, because yeah, because the similar Gundam design and the Robotech design that is also similar to this definitely they definitely. One part it played off to the other at some point in, in time anyway. So I'm sure right. um, Donna Case's writing this was like, hey, yeah, make it like those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, which, hey, I appreciate because I like, well, I like Gundam more than Robotech. But regardless, hey, Giant Max, also all, always awesome. Yes, that's that's one of the reasons why. One of the few uh, uh, anime series that I, that I constantly try to, to catch up on because I love the mecha. So you may want to try out SSSS grid, man. You, you know, but we'll talk, we'll talk about that later. Um, somebody out there is like, yes. <laughs> All right. But uh, anyway, it's not necessarily, well, it's more Ultraman ish type, but regardless, there's some, there's big giant mecha in it. Anyway, back to guardians. So, yeah. Um, so with that, we see rocket and crew, go to rescue um, Quill and the rest of them from the church, from the Universal Church. Uh, and um, Rocket, in true, one would say almost MCU style, makes an entrance, as he tends to do. Sure. Um, you know, which was, which like the kind of, I don't think he ever did that in the MCU like that, like this, but nevertheless, there were still shades of, especially how he was talking. That mm-hmm. just kind of reminded me of that, and, and the interest was grand as it tended to be. So there was a showdown between uh, Rocket and crew and uh, the church and the Drax, the Draxes that are coming up in the next issue. 
uh, along with young majors. Yeah, this was a nice uh, – th- this issue did a very good job of moving things along. Mm-hmm. So uh, not that it was stagnant over the last couple of issues, but – uh, you know, in the in the mission to retrieve Rocket, um, we kind of lost a little bit of track of what was going on with um, Star Lord and his father Jason of Spartax um, at at the church. But now things are moving along briskly in this issue, so we will see what happens in the next issue. It's a uh, uh, we've gotten some news as to the future of the series, so mm-hmm. which we talked about uh, some of last uh, last week, so. Right, so we did talk about last week, not not even some of, but right, and we are at issue ten, so we are halfway there. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Donny Cates, no stranger to write, and you know, second to like Ed Brisson writing real action packed type books. Right. So this is this was that. Um. So I guess we are ready to go rapid fire. All right, I will spin it up. All righty. Uh, you want to lead off or you want me to? Sure, I'll do it. Uh, Contagion, number two, three, speaking of Ed Brisson. Uh, this is the basically the Marvel zombie-ish like um, book, not unlike Deceased uh, for the Distinguished Competition. So uh, the, the long and the short of it is, is Danny tells Jessica Jones about what happened to Luke and she threatens him because, yeah, um, <laughs> because Danny's a screw up, and then she goes off with Pi uh, to go and you know see Luke, and they get into they run into of all folks the tracksuit mafia, <laughs> which I was like, really? Like I hadn't seen them since. For, speaking of fractions, run of Hawkeye, I hadn't seen right. them since then. Well, I, they may have. They, they may yeah, have they probably have popped up. Right. So run to the dam and, and they take care of that. And then, you know, they see about Luke and then a bunch of other street level, um, street level heroes and anti-heroes show up. Most notably ones you would expect to show up at something like this, you know, um, because I think Brisson and folks said that this was going to be like a street level event anyway. And on the other side of it, like, um, like the Avengers are around, but they're kind of running back up and because they don't, you know, just this all started with Ben Grimm and the Fantastic Four who most of the Fantastic Four got, got um, consumed, I guess you could say by this uh, fungus thing, which apparently is a real thing as we will find out later on in the news. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's Ben Grimm being the, the, the bigger of, you know, the, the heroes in this book and the rest of the uh, street level. Okay. Cause like most of the bigger level folks like Dr. Strange and stuff got, got, uh, got taken out. And they're even, and Danny tends in, ends up going to another um, throwback to uh, uh, David F. Walker and and uh, Sanford Green's Power Man and Iron Fist book, which was funny for some magic help. Uh, and uh, and uh, they was it have, the the, the what call it the the uh, it, was a, it was a Hispanic character, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Senor Magico. Yep. What was his name? Senor Magico. Oh my gosh, he's back! <laughs> yeah, so, so he's back and still has a grudge with the Doctor Strange, apparently. But he, you know, he, he helps out in his own little way and still as surly as he ever was in that book, which is also funny. I'm like, huh? I didn't think anybody else was actually going to use that character, <laughs> so that was kind of funny to see. So shout out to Ed Brisson for that, I guess. Uh, but yeah, outside of that, like I said, we get kind of more on that stuff and and. Um, 
Let's wait. Sooner or later, we'll get a Marvel Legends. But anyway, (laughs) that would be some funny mess if we end up doing that. And um, so, yeah, like I said, outside of that, a whole bunch of other um, a bunch, a a good load of other street level characters end up showing up. And uh, at the end, there's even though some folks think that the problem is solved, the problem is still kind of floating around and making trouble for the, the wrecking crew who just ha- happens to show up in this at the end. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. Transformers number 13. Um, so last issue, uh, Megatron unveiled the new Ascenticons um, uh, symbol, which is, as I said, then the very, very, very familiar symbol that we know them under another name for. Uh, in this issue, we see folks get branded with said new um, said new symbol, including one Bumblebee who was apparently undercover uh, and you know, not very well undercover because he's not, you know, he's, <laughs> he's supposed to be definitely, definitely working his way around and he's not doing all that great in some cases. But there are some some things going on, you know, within the Ascenticons and, you know, on the the bigger f- picture, which I know. Megatron, who has not shown up in this issue, has something to do with. But um, and we also see, you know, Sentinel Prime, who is like the head of the the Autobots or, or who or basically the head of uh, Cybertron get filled in of what's going on. And that causes more chaos because he's he wants some heads busted. Um, but, yeah, this it's starting to cement more as to where this book is. Um, Mirror's book is taking place because it kind of took me a minute to try to figure out whether it was indeed in the past or if it was like some alternate, re- some some retelling or like a, a, a after the last set of books. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it seems to be more apparent given, you know, the last few few issues and like I said, a very sim- uh, familiar symbol showing up for one, for the groups. Uh, let see. Teen Titans number thirty-five. So Roundhouse, we found out that Roundhouse did a heel turn. Um, but that, yes, I know I'm using a wrestling term, folks. So just savor that one for a second. Um, and apparently, it's because of you know, in his origin story, it has to do with his sister who meant everything for him, and apparently, Robin has something to do with him becoming Roundhouse in the first place, unknowingly. Um, but he also did it because, you know, I guess he caught wind of what Robin is doing now. That wasn't any different from the old stuff he was doing. And um, unfortunately, he was trying to make a point and hurt Robin, but he ended up uh, doing something with one of the other Teen Titans, which caused um, a series of events. And by the way, uh, it's a year of, of the villain crossover, which that comes into play near the end. And someone who they've tussled with uh, previously has come back uh, for revenge or whatever the case may be. Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, number four. Speaking of uh, Matt Fraction, this is the this is Matt Fraction's uh, maxi series that he's writing. It's still pretty good. I I enjoy Fraction. You know when he when he gets to be when he gets to be fractioning. Yes, that's not a word, but still, um, I can't say he's necessarily doing the same thing he's doing with um, with Hawkeye and or Iron Fist, but he's definitely throwing a bunch of stuff out there. So you know, a parts of the book is like, hey, Jimmy's family is old enough to where it it founded a uh, Metropolis, 
had some run-ins with the Luther, which has been a kind of crust of some of the stuff. And now a lot of that gets tied back into what's going on now, um, where Jimmy is in Gotham and hiding out under the name of Timmy Olsen, who is a, 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 a <laughs> who is an obnoxious YouTuber, goes around doing, you know, like pulling pranks and doing stupid stuff like that. It's a very, it's a tone you very, if you've ever seen those, those type YouTubers, you know the tone that is going on here. And apparently, um, um, Lois Vapes, who knew, uh, Jimmy stole, <laughs> if you, if you know that old Christmas chestnut, uh, we found it, we know who, uh, stole the Batmobile's will. Mm. And, uh, Jimmy has been a part of that and of uh, a few other different things. So yeah, he's basically trying to get help taking down Lex Luthor because of, you know, because of something that happened in the first issue, you know, and, He's uh, and whatever's going on, you know, right now, which, you know, it's Lex Luthor. Of course, he's involved. But this is clearly has nothing to do with uh, what's going on in your of the villain. Um, Metal Men, number one. I'm not sure why I read this, but I read it in, regardless. So because I don't know that much about Metal Men. I don't know how much you do. Not too much. Yeah. Um. So basically, just like other um robotic entities in the uh in the dc universe you know they were created and they have their their creator there but apparently their creator has held some secret that apparently they found out about now which caused him him to basically reset them and it has something to do with their origins or how that he may or may not have made them uh, but on the other side of this, we find that there is a coincidentally um, near the site of the challengers of the known unknowns new base, which is another book I haven't remember read. They found um, some sentient nth metal. Yeah, let that sink in for a second for a second. And so no, finding this out, uh, apparently the sentient nth metal is looking for the metal men's creator who a friend of his found out that what it is. And apparently because of this, there may be another new version of the metal men that are coming because of this, because, Hey, you got a nth metal. These are metal men. X, Y, Z. Exactly. Hence. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Justice League number 20, excuse me, 34. I know you, agent 70 hasn't read this, so I won't go into too many spoilers, but, um, Stuff still going on. <laughs> Stuff that's still kind of uh, kind of confusing, as per Matt Wang. I definitely sympathize a little bit, but and this one's relatively straight. Well, I, it don't have I'm relatively straightforward and saying a lot for this book, but yeah, this was saying there's a lot of action. Um, somebody screws up, which you which if you've been reading the book in the last few issues, you knew what was going to happen with that. Um. In some, yeah, let's just say things turn. <laughs> things have taken a turn in this um, this Justice League Doom thing. Okay, maybe, maybe not for the better. And we'll go like that. Oh yeah, and Justice League Beyond shows up, which I think we may have talked about in the news. Right, last that week. came up last week. I think. Yeah, but yeah, but they not necessarily a bigger part, but they they make a play in here. John Stewart has a nice little monologue, so that's always plus. Um. But yeah, it's good. It was it was pretty decent read though. It yeah, like I said, it but um yeah, slightly confused. This one's probably less confusing than this past issue because I read this in thirty three to catch up, and it's like well, reading those together is a little bit better, but it's still kind of eh. 
Um, uh, the last book that I kind of skimmed through, so I don't really have much to say about this, is Crazy Number One. So back in the day, there was this uh, parody magazine, one of probably a couple, another thing about it, that Marvel did called Crazy. It was a mad magazine type style. And this is no different. You got like Jerry Duggan and a bunch of folks doing little stuff in there, and it even kind of parodies itself in, in a panel or two. If you like that kind of stuff, uh, you know, it still seems like that kind of a book. Um, I mean, if those of a certain vintage will only know about that, because this is a book from probably early, mid-80s. I was going to say, this goes back at least that far, if not further yeah. back. Mm-hmm. So you would have to be of that that that, uh, that vintage to know of this version. I, I barely remember it. Yeah, um, exactly. I was, I, I'd only ever seen copies in like the back of the comic book store or in a box somewhere. Never seen them on sale. So uh, it, only the title. And uh, right. maybe the, the the cover dress, you know, the trade dress uh, rings any sort of bell with me. Right. But yeah, but it wasn't one like it was like uh, out of the, the parody magazines that, that Marvel had, you know, um, or that had parody, like Marvel. Uh, it's not necessarily but parody, but like Marvel fanfare and stuff like that. And um, the head Fred Hembeck stuff. That was kind of more. Right, I was gonna say not necessarily fanfare, but more like what the right, and, what the and that kind of stuff yeah. also, yeah. Exactly. But um, yeah. So like I said, if you're interested in so like like I said, it's a Mad Magazine stylish book, then yeah. give it a shot. Fanfare was like a like a deluxe, um, uh, type uh, right, like a premiere type like uh, kind of publisher. digest. Exactly. Yeah. Well, no, like I know if I remember, Fanfare had like a couple of really good stories, but they were on like Baxter type paper. Um, sure. Back when that was a thing, you know, like you have to pay a little bit extra for it. Mm-hmm. There's like a big um, uh, Black Widow story in there that um, that has gone up in value because of the movie. Because uh, I think there might be some uh, characters that come out of that that are going to be used so, in the upcoming movie. But it wasn't necessarily like how, what Presents is doing now, though, right? No, 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 no. It, it was more of a prestige type thing, right? So that's that, that's what I meant. That's what I was getting at. It's more of a, a, a more of a prestigious type uh, publication, right? Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to, to clarify for folks to be like, well, yeah. that no Marvel Marvel Comics presents is out now, which is still another old book that they just happen to bring back. But okay, right. cool, right? Yeah, I was gonna say presents is more of a like ongoing anthology. Right. So, but all right, so it's my turn for rapid fire. Let me uh, load the clip and let it go. Um, Batman number 81. This is the, uh, the latest chapter in Batman's quest to take, to retake, uh, Gotham city. Um, in this, I needed to actually catch up, uh, on this series. Um, it's funny. Uh, this is, uh, one of two books out this week that have art by, uh, John Romita jr. Uh, in the book, he's, um, become uh, a dc mainstay i believe he's exclusive to them nowadays but um it's funny that you can actually tell when he has more time to work on a book because um you know in keeping with the monthly schedule there's obviously moments where uh ramita jr kind of ramita jr is a little bit more uh than he should and some people kind of get turned off by some of the way you know by 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 the way he draws some things especially characters and faces but other you know but but um uh he does a good job in in keeping up in this um this issue has uh the bat family taking on um uh the flashpoint batman and um 
uh, Batman and Catwoman doing their best to take the fight to Bane. So uh, that is uh, the latest update on Batman. Um, King's run on this issue on this book uh, will end in four issues, so not much longer. Um, which Captain- we got kind of sort of some news on that later in the thing, which is less news than you would think. Okay. Uh, Captain America number 15. So, uh, in this issue, we have, um, uh, Cap and the Daughters of Liberty, uh, you know, continuing their fight against, um, uh, the, the latest incarnation of the Watchdogs. And it's pretty fun. Um, it is, uh, an interesting an interesting read to say the least because there is some uh, intrigue behind the daughters uh they are keeping something from cap we know what it is the readers know what it is but cap is um going to be slowly led down this path to figure out who um is the uh and here's a minor spoiler um but it's it was revealed i believe like two issues ago um uh that there is a mystery operative um uh uh, who's working with the daughters that uh, Steve can't know about yet, cannot know about yet. So they're keeping it from him. Um, let's see. Uh, we get a little bit of uh, cap history. Uh, Bernie Rosenthal, his ex flame and current lawyer makes an appearance. And uh, we also get um, the wow, return. of. What was that? I said, wow, that's a poll. Well, remember what I've said about uh, Coates' work on Cap so far. Sure. He is mining several sections of the Grunwald run from the late 80s and early 90s. Well, mostly the late 80s because this is before – this is like pre-Streets of Poison. This is definitely uh, John Walker era Cap, you know. Yeah, right? So – but, uh, you know, but, but just, before, you know, like right around the time of that character's introduction and just before we're getting a lot of callbacks and one uh, character who is revealed in this issue, one villain who has been used a couple of times. And that's a big hint. Uh, one villain who has been used a couple of times since then was introduced in that era of Captain America. So um, I forget what his trademark phrase was, but he did have a phrase. So um, that is a big hint. Yeah. So. Oh, no. I was joking. Yeah. So that character is back. Like I said, Coates is mining that era and bringing it all back and putting his spin on it. So the funny part about that is like I was thinking about, especially with some news that we'll have that that we've already kind of touched on. I'm like, I wonder where they're going to bring that back. And sure enough, you've already said it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like we've been kind of going in that direction. I was not surprised in the least simply simply because we're of a certain vintage that we're familiar with the era that Coates is mining from. Right. So, and other, other books for events. Right. So, you know, knowing, knowing our Marvel history, we're like, Oh, okay. That's where this is going. So, all right. Uh, Captain Marvel number 11. So this is the finale of the story involving star and, uh, Captain Marvel has to, um, uh, defeat star, uh, in a relatively unique way, but she also does it uh, on camera. And a lot of the uh, bad press that she had gotten in recent times may be turning uh, in her favor because of uh, the way that Cap uh, takes down uh, the star character. But at the end of this book, 
the star character who is going to be leading her own series. That's part of the news that's going to be. Yeah, apparently they're trying to make her a thing. Right. Uh, and, and, and one of the reasons why they're going to make her a thing comes out of Infinity Wars. <laughs> yep. Yep, 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 yep. So that's that. Uh, Wait, see, you, next? you read that, did you not? Or no, I did Wars? not suspect it at all. No, no, I mean, no, did you read Infinity Wars? I can't remember if you did or not. I did, I okay. did. So, but it wasn't good. So, <laughs> I, I, I'm just being, uh, you know, that, that, uh, just yeah, keep it honest. Yeah, it. yeah. So, it wasn't good, and I understood what they were doing uh, in trying to forward the story. Uh, you know, there's only so many times that you can go after the stones. So they kind of changed that up a little bit and modified it. And um, and and now uh, I don't know if you want to know what the, the gist of the story was, but we kind of got a little bit with um, what was the story with uh, with Wolverine and the time bat and and Loki. Okay, I remember that stuff coming up, but I don't. I, yeah, the, it's related to that. Sure. Okay, it's related to that. <clears throat> All righty. Next up is Spider-Man number two. This is the second part of the J.J. Abrams and Henry Abrams scripted book with art by Sarah Pacelli. Um, this is an alternate, I hope, uh, future for Peter Parker. Pretty sure uh, it is. And uh, it's. Um, it's another way of, you know, it, it's it's another way of redoing the Peter Parker origin, uh, and and altering it somewhat. Um, and, you know, my understanding is that this is uh, Henry Abrams's uh, idea, you know, um, and this is JJ kind of uh, helping it along and and giving it um, uh, a fuller form. And lens but, flare. Uh, I'm sorry. And lens flare. Right. And uh it's a it's definitely fun. It's definitely uh it, you know it it's it's derivative obviously. You know, it's we all know what it's based on, but at the same time it's updated to a certain extent. And you know, I can't help but smile at some parts of it because they're trying really hard and the Pacelli art is working. Uh I I I I'm not 100% sure where she's getting this uh, very weird original, but very weird rendition for or or this version of Aunt May. Like her Aunt May just is not, you know, it's it's a very odd looking Aunt May. It's not out of the movies. It's not out of anything. Could be an amalgamation of say movie and comics, maybe. I guess you and know comic, if you're gonna do this, you might as well go Marissa Tomei. But uh, no, but but the thing is, we're de- we're also dealing with an older Peter at this point. So I understand the the choices that they make here, but it's still a really weird. It, it actually throws me off, believe it or not. And I love Pacelli's artwork. It's you know she's very good at doing people. She's very good at doing faces, and that's one of the things that kind of throws me in this. Um, I'm still very critical of the coloring in this. It's not as bad as the first issue, though. Uh, I think it's still Matt Wilson, but I'm going to scroll back and double check. But uh, no, it's Dave Stewart. No, it's Dave Stewart from the first issue too. Very flat colors, not very, just uh, you know, it makes it very difficult to makes it difficult to 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 look at the art. And I'm a big fan of Pacelli's art. And apparently, but, Catwoman uh, shows up in a in a way. 
in a sense. Does it seem like? Does it seem like? Um, I mean, this could very well be a version of Black Widow, but I mean, a Black Cat, but um, Black Cat, yeah. yeah. Does it seem like something they could potentially mine out into a movie? As a future, as a possible future, I mean, they've already established that in Spider Verse. <clears throat> You know, if there's anything, what's funny is that as as much as I'm not a fan of the whole multiverse story stuff, especially with the way DC has kind of done it to death, in Marvel they've done it, but it's always been on the periphery up until Spider-Verse. Once they did Spider-Verse, it became a really big part of uh, the regular Marvel canon, Mm. you know, and, you know, now they're sort of letting it stay in the spider section of the, uh, of the universe. Right. And uh, it's interesting to see, it will be interesting to see if they decide to, um, uh, like you said, make this particular version of movie, especially given Abrams's clout in Hollywood. Right. Some, some so, would say that like exiles, like granted you have to be a particular vintage for that, but exiles and maybe secret wars kind of lend it to some of the multiversal stuff kind of coming front and center. Right. Also. Right. But I didn't really read uh, exiles too much. I always thought it, uh, um, because remember the big multiverse story was age of apocalypse. That was like the big Marvel uh, you know, that was obviously well after DC's, you know, DC had to have a crisis just to just to uh, f- help fix the uh, different multiverses. Kind of House of X would, would, would kind of roll into that, maybe, possibly. But that only yeah, was like... But for, I'm thinking, yeah, but I'm thinking, uh, right. whatchamacallit, but I'm thinking Mind just historically. Right, yeah, right. just historically, I think Age of Apocalypse is the first one I can remember True. For, for the Marvel Universe. Um, you know, obviously, you know, we've dealt with some futures like with the, uh, with the original Guardians concept. Mm-hmm. be from a, a far distant future yep but um but in any event i i wouldn't be surprised to see if they decided to convert this into a movie um as a like uh, as i mentioned before like a possible future for spider-man mm-hmm. um superman year one number three so i don't know if you've been reading this nope all right so it's actually on the fun side because it's um it's it's another retelling of a possible future um i mean uh, uh, it's another retelling of a possible origin that is that is modernized for the present you know when i think of the future i think of um uh the you know how one would see superman's origin as it was originally told pre-crisis um and uh you know it was kind of told in uh smallville the tv show uh, it's updated here in this Superman year one story. And um, Frank Miller uh, decided to update uh, Clark's origin to make it a little bit more action adventure. <laughs> but uh, this volume, this third volume of the three issue series uh, basically covers a lot of what we've seen in the most recent Superman movies. And it's a little too reminiscent of it. And I guess that's essentially the um, the gist of the um, the the way we're supposed to understand Superman's origin in today's um, uh, Superman continuity, the way it's been established. You know, I think this is supposed to be outside of continuity, but a lot of it rings true with how I'm 
how I understand the updated Superman uh, origin has been uh, told in uh, New 52 and whatnot and post, you know, and rebirth. Cool. So, um, but getting back to one thing I mentioned earlier, Ramita Jr. doesn't Ramita Jr. as much in this. (laughs) So you can tell that he had a lot more time on this book. You know, to do the art on this, do the layouts. It's very clean. It's not very Ramita Jr.-y. Um, so when you have a chance to flip through, and I recommend that you do just to see what what I mean by this and to see what they're getting at in terms of, um, yeah, it's the anchor on this is Danny Mickey. It's not uh, Klaus Jansen, so it's not going to be very choppy. Um, Danny Mickey was um, uh, one of the, uh, the anchors from, um, I believe, Extreme Studios. Or Wildstorm, or it might be a Wildstorm guy because he's with DC now. Mm. So you know he. So the the work is very very clean, and um, you know the colors definitely complement um, the clean lines and the clean backgrounds in this book. So as I mentioned earlier, you can definitely tell that uh, Ramita Junior had time on this and didn't really have a chance to Ramita Junior the book. Um, and 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 those of us who know his art understand what i mean by that oh yeah and you will see also hints of um some of the events of the movies unfortunately as i mentioned earlier um as as you progress through the pages of this book uh let's see uh the next book i've got is superman smashes the clan number one this is by gene luen yang um this is speaking of uh kind of a version of the superman um origin this one actually uh, being out of continuity goes all the way back to the original, I guess, pre-crisis way of telling uh, Superman's origin because of the timeline that's established. Uh, we're going all the way back into the 20s, you know, when uh, when Clark initially lands. So that's sort of the timeline that we're dealing with. Okay. Um, it's uh you know it's a pretty interesting read it uh, it centers around a chinese american family that moves from the metro the, from the metropolis chinatown into the suburbs and the racism that they encounter once they move into the suburbs and unfortunately the local chapter of the clan uh, hence the name of the hence the title of the book so uh this proves to be a pretty entertaining read and um it is obviously coming from you know, and 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 telling a story like this, given the timeline from a, a uh, from a point of view that we're not used to seeing, you know, from from uh, an Asian American point of view, definitely lends to uh, a unique story that we haven't yet seen um, when it comes to telling uh, some of these more uh, historic historically centered uh, comic book stories. So, uh, the art by Guri Huru is. Um, is cartoonish but still very much on point uh it's uh, it, it's the storytelling is top notch uh it may not be up your alley if you're looking for heavily rendered um uh superhero art a la barry windsor smith and those of you who follow my instagram know why i mentioned that and um but uh, but all in all, it was actually a pretty interesting read and is um up for uh, you know is definitely a potential click of the week pick for me um, uh, most I, recent, I will say before you go any further, um, Gurhiri was most recently on um, Unstoppable Wasp. If anyone okay. read that out, outside of me, have read that book, so gotcha. 
Oh, and also yep. we'll say that um, apparently Superman Returned is on Netflix. Yes, I did see that, actually. I, I saw it when I was flipping through. Mm. Okay. Uh, last book, I kind of caught up uh, on this over dinner tonight. Absolute Carnage. So, Why would you uh, do that to yourself? This is... Uh, <laughs> listen. As a panel... The four of us actually like Donnie Cates as a writer. This is true. That's why I'm willing to give this book, uh, this event, some, ch- some you know, an additional chance. Cates had some of the longest lines for autographs at New York Comic Con that I saw at his Artist Alley booth, and he's got a lot of fans. But obviously, he's done a lot of work, so it's hard to tell what people were getting signed. Right. Um. You know, former guest of the show, Donny Cates, by the way. It's true. Uh, what's disturbing to me, and it's still, I'm still having some problems with this. I think it's because I was not a fan of the Venom movie, is the continuing attempts at redemption for Eddie Brock. And this has been going on for a long time, ever since the whole Lethal Protector series. You know, ever since he, he was, he, they kind of stopped uh, having. Venom be, uh, you know, the, the I want brains symbiote. And uh, it's, it, you know, and I, I've joked about it before how uh, I, I believe it was last week, some issue of Amazing Spider-Man where Spidey's not the star of his own issue of his own comic because the story still centers around um, Carnage and Venom. The, it essentially still applies in this issue. Um, Brock is the star of the story. Um, and uh, the the quest to stop Carnage from, um, I guess, bringing the the, the symbiote god Null uh, to Earth is uh, continuing. Uh, something happens in this issue where um, uh, the Venom symbiote is uh, taken off of the Hulk of all characters. And, but something happens so that Brock is not left completely defenseless at the end of the issue. So I don't want to spoil the entire thing, but ultimately, um, for fans of um, Venom, I know that Cates has converted a, a vast number into a vast number of folks into fans who are picking up that Venom series. Um, if you're a fan of that Venom series, uh, you're going to enjoy this issue. And I uh, think. Uh, do you happen to know how many issues there are in this limited series? No, because there's like, um, I was going to ask you, have you been reading like the side stuff? I want to say it might that's, be six, but I'm not entirely sure. Not really. Six. Actually, not I really. Out. I can find out real quick. Yeah. I mean, this is issue four, so there's not going to be too much left. Yeah. Cause like I said, yeah. And there's been like a good clump of, um, uh, side stuff, including one with Miles that um, um, Solid in the Med wrote, and you know, um, the Immortal Hulk and stuff like that. Like, there's been a one or two of those I've been reading because they've kind of touched on, you know, touched on the the main books. Mm-hmm. But you know, outside, of, okay, it's five. Oh, okay. So this is the penultimate issue. We have one more. Mm. And uh, I don't remember what episode that uh, Donny Cates was on, but I'm fairly certain that was before he started getting a whole lot of work. I mean, not necessarily, well, he was getting work then, but what I'm saying, mm-hmm. like before he. Once well, he grew up with Thanos. Right. So I want to say, you know, we caught him early. No, I'm scared. We, 
Because mm-hmm. of us. That's all I'm saying. Exactly. That's not true, but hey, I'm going to take it anyway. Exactly. No, we we definitely <laughs> caught him on the way up. So Yes. But no, but also we'll see if we can. Uh, we'll, we'll see if he big times us if we reach out. Uh, uh, if we reach out to him now, right? I know, right? Yeah, the next time we see him out, or or not see him out, but you know, if we, we run into him at some place, and we're like, oh. yeah, I didn't have a chance. What's funny is that I really should have gone up <clears> to speak. <throat> um, uh, uh, this year I didn't have a chance to. Um, when I walked by, the lines were setting up, but he wasn't at his table yet, so I just kind of moved on. And I also didn't want to. Uh, uh, annoy all the people who are waiting online for his autograph. Right, right. You're like, who is this loser chit chatting? He's not press. He's not even an artist. <laughs> He's both. Uh, so exactly. <laughs> all right. So that is it for me. So I guess we are up to clicks of the week. And we already have two from our Earthwild comrades uh, out there doing whatever in the world they're doing. Uh, for, uh, well, we'll back it up for a second. From Tim, uh, Spider-Man number two. He surprise, seemed, surprise. Yeah, apparently he seems to be a fan. Where is Agent 70? Um, and I don't even care. Well, right. excuse me, let me phrase that. Agent, Agent 70 cares less, and I don't care at all. There we go. That's better. Exactly. Um, and for Dirt, cult classic, uh, creature feature number one. Uh, and he says... Uh, imagine a so bad it's good B movie on late night cable TV in the eighties. Um, those of a certain vintage realize that yes, <laughs> cable started in the eighties. <laughs> um, and he also says Stranger Things meets Slugs, which I only get one of the two references. I get both of those references, and I'm not sure if I like that mix or not. <laughs> <laughs> like I've never, uh, granted, I've not watched Stranger Things, but I, Slugs I do know of. Uh, I've, I've watched Stranger Things. I'm trying to figure out what that Slugs movie might be about. Uh, once, so. I, if I remember correctly, that's like a, I mean, one of those old like 80s, 90s, like um, not like creep show, but like of um, not scanners, but kind of along that line in quality, right? Um, um, Munchies probably would be another. That's probably a yeah. Mm-hmm. Monty's is a big pull, but it was, it was a deep cut. But whatever, it's kind of along those lines, if I remember correctly. But yeah, so yeah, so that's it for them too. Um, All right, for you, I've got a pick. Um, I think I'm going to side at least with uh, Tim Dog ninety eight in this regard. I think we were huh. both underwhelmed by X Men number one this week, simply because it didn't really start as a big you know kind of uh launch into a a new mystery or a new status quo it was pretty much another chapter of uh house of x powers of 10 or as fans at the dawn of x panel stated hawks and pox um or hawks pox yes um I'm actually going to go with Superman Smashes the Clan number one by uh, Gene Luen Yang and Guri Huru. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah, DC book. You know that doesn't happen often with me. Not very often. <laughs> well, well, I was about to say, yeah, it's Mr. Miracles and... and don't, don't exactly. It's been a long time since Mr. Miracle ended. <laughs> <laughs> or, or yeah, or um, well, actually, I don't think you did too much on metal either. Um, but for myself, I am actually going to go with Guardians of the Galaxy number ten. 
So this was I and uh, I enjoyed that book enough. Uh, out of stream, I actually did like uh, X Men for what it was, but you know I'm not also the one who, and I'm not saying that y'all do expects you know action out the gate or whatever the case may be or something like that. But you know it it started doing what it said on do. It was just kind of like okay, well here's 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 the call. And surely it was going to get to the which is kind of rare for an X book because you know usually they would have gone you know back in the day they would have been like okay hey we we introduced a team they put them together and then bam they got a baddie they got to go after. Which they right. kind of did in the beginning of it, but you know, it's more like cleanup and not necessarily them starting a thing. So, and that, folks, is the clicks of the week. Can we get an ad, please? All right, our first ad read of the night is for Busted Tees. This episode of the Comic Book Chronicles is sponsored by Busted Tees, your home for funny, awesome, cool t-shirts that are sure to get your friends' attention. Busted Tees puts many of their popular shirt designs on sale each week. Choose from several eye-catching t-shirts inspired by pop culture, cleverly themed t-shirts inspired by movies, video games, TV shows, comic books, and geek culture, and much, much more are on sale. To help keep our podcast free, order from Busted Tees by going to cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcasts Free link at the top of the page. Click on the Busted Tees banner and then shop for awesome t-shirts. Busted Tees through cspn.us. Do it today. Now. We get into the news. You're on mute, Roddy. I like how I had uh, Guardians for, as a click and spent more time talking about X-Men, but that's kind of funny. Anywho, uh, cinematic news. We start off as we tend to every week. Um, with Mark Ruffalo shares the cutest fan reaction to the Hulk's first smash, and it very much it's been making the rounds on uh, social media. If you haven't seen this by now, it's of uh, did you skip over the Marvel's Eternals story? Did I? You know what? I might have. Um, hold on. It's okay. You can read that. I'll do the Marvel's Eternals one, and then we'll go back into regular. Oh, yeah, order. I certainly did. Talk on it. Well, it was a it was a story from last week, anyway. Um, so yeah, so on uh, the Twitters, Mark Ruffalo caught wind of um, uh, a person's uh, put their daughter's reaction to uh, see Hulk smashing. I guess, and I'm assuming the the first one, the first Avengers movie. Um, right. And it is it's very cute if you haven't seen it by now. But um yeah, it is from the first Avengers movie. And he captioned it by saying, um, the secret way to stopping Dr. Banner from turning into the Hulk. And he has um and he had um the uh the tweet in question linked to it. It's very cute if you haven't seen it. So all right, go back to the first all right um marvel's eternals set photos have revealed richard madden's icarus dressed in denim so they're the first photos we've seen of uh, richard madden's icarus from the set of the eternals movie he was uh spotted on set in that uh set of denim and production on the movie has been underway for a few months now um but we haven't seen more than one actor at a time 
Right. And I guess some people were saying that, you know, which I doesn't seem how, the, why this would be the case, but he was in denim because I guess they were doing like, um, some CG stuff, but I don't okay. think they would put him in denim for that kind of stuff. So that would be weird given whatever, but regardless, Hey, um, they could be running through the scene probably. And before, you know, whatever, who knows, regardless, that's, that is what it is. Or it could be something else. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, it is the Eternals. Not like maybe he was. That's going to be a part of the movie where he's actually in plain clothes, before you know, eternalizing. I don't know. Regardless, next up, um, Robert Downey Jr. tells a story about filming Stanley's Tony Stank scene. So this is actually from that same. I want to say this is from that same um, Howard Stern interview um, from that we mentioned last week about other stuff. So yeah. Um, he basically tells the story of um, of the last time he saw Stan Lee. And he says here is like one of the last times he saw him. We were shooting Civil War. And in his cameo that day, he was, uh, I think, a UPS delivery man. And he had a great line. He goes, you know, that famous line of, you know. And he says, that was the last time I saw him. And the craziest thing was, he says, um, he said on the first take, he nailed it. And then they go, all right, resetting. Let's do it again. And yeah, and then oh, he says I have a package for Robert. Uh, so basically, he goofed the second one, but but nailed the first take of that right. scene. So it was cute, I guess. And of course, there's video of this uh, of the interview where he's talking about this. So you can go check that out if you are a person who likes Harvest Stone, I guess. Yeah, moving Next. on. Uh, <laughs> We've uh, we've heard this before. You know, th- there have been stories about Gwyneth Paltrow not knowing uh, uh, that she's um, appeared in movies with some of her Marvel co-stars. Um, sp- uh, specifically, uh, she didn't know that she was in uh, f- uh, Far From Home, and she didn't recognize Bucky Barnes from A Hole in the Wall. Apparently, nor uh, Samuel Jackson, which was the, the the I think the story that we had on him. Or, yeah, or more recently, I think, with yeah. Sam Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, while speaking to uh, the Elle magazine about a role in uh, the politician movie on Netflix, Paltrow explained that um, she doesn't read too much stuff because it's confusing and there's a lot of Marvel movies. Which, and to be honest, she hasn't seen fair. very many of them. It's really stupid and she apologizes, but she's a 47-year-old mother. So... Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, it, I one way or another, I don't think it really mattered or cared, but you know, right? You know, but it's kind of funny that uh, you know, especially I, 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 I sympathize <laughs> with her about the Far From Home because obviously a cameo appearance when she's probably filming Endgame at the same time, right. it's kind of difficult to remember. But oh, for you know. sure, and the way they kind of obscure some of that Marvel Marvel filming, you know, yeah, it's, yeah sure, I'm sure, right? But if you're not watching it, then you don't know, so. right? So, hey, y'all, she got the check, though. Anyway, exactly. next up. And we, were all, we were all surprised to see her at the end of Far From Home, let's be honest. Yeah. 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 Kind of. Wait, wait. Actually, I still don't remember. The, you know what? Whatever. I hadn't seen it in a minute. Oh, and they're presenting the Spider-Man suit, the Iron Spider. They're presenting it. And 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 Peters is like, nah, no thanks. I'm going to stick to being a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And uh, it's implied that that wasn't um, far from home. Yeah, sure. What that was home? the end of Far From Home? Homecoming. Oh, Homecoming. I'm sorry. 
Homecoming. <laughs> I about see, I, 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 like I, Far I, From Home was I, just I, the I, one just out. That's yeah. the more recent one. That's yeah. right. Homecoming. I, I apologize. Yeah. Homecoming, not Far From Home. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Um, we're, all, we're, all, we're all waiting for the next home related title for Spider Man to continue to mess us all up or right? something. Yeah, yeah. Well, now that we know there probably will be one, we'll see how that rolls. Exactly. Um, one division casting calls Sparks. I was about to, you just skipped over the everybody who knew. Did I? What am I? Yep. What am I? What am I coming in? There's a lot of there's a lot of news, folks. Everybody yeah. who knew Captain America's time travel secret, and actually, I didn't. Um, I meant to read this one. So this is a speculation piece. It seems like. Um, oh, and actually, there was a reason why I brought this up. Another thing, I did kind of gloss through this. So basically, uh, this article speculates everybody who may or may not have known that uh, Steve went back through time. Um, it's he's saying, or the article, the the. Um, the uh, author is saying that basically Peggy probably knew, um, but then she goes into saying that, you know, Bucky and Sam found out later, which I think Bucky knew. I'm going to go ahead and stress that right now. Bucky mm-hmm. knew because there's no way in the world he would have reacted the way he did at the at the end of uh, Endgame. Like all nonchalantly if he did not know. Cause he, cause he, and plus, it's his best friend. He would have been running over there to him, you know, if 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 that was the case. But it was mm-hmm. Sam that went over. He just, you know, tapped Sam and be like, "Hey, go go over there." So he had to know. There's no way he didn't. But regardless, this article kind of speculates as to who may or may not have known. So, like, it was uh, Peggy Carter and uh, possibly Nick Nick Fury probably ran into him at some point, which is probably valid. Okay. Next. All right, next up, a new rumor based on a recent casting call suggests that two key young Avengers may play a role in the upcoming Disney Plus series, WandaVision. The rumor is that um, uh, the children of of the Vision and Scarlet Witch may be uh, key parts of the series, and we know which two young Avengers uh, uh, those characters become. So we'll leave it at that. Yeah, sure. Um, and boy, the, like every time I see who's going to be in this is, is a weird, it's a weird mix up of, uh, various other MCU properties. Sure. Why is Darcy there? Right. Or Jimmy Woo for that matter. Yeah. You know, I mean, is he going to be Randall Park? Yes. Yeah. See, what is he doing there? Right. Monica Rambeau. I'm like, huh? Like, granted, I'm sure I'm happy to see her, but still I'm like, what? Maybe that's how she gets her powers. Well, that's the speculation. So yeah, um, but yeah, but still, like, why would she be there? And obviously, she would probably be. A, you know, she's a, she'll be grown up, Monica Rambeau. But still, I would kind of hope that they would they would do um, Spider Man's origin. I mean, Spider Man's uh, Captain Marvel origin, origin some kind of way. But and you know, who knows? I doubt it. But she would. Oh, you mean Captain Marvel's origin and through through Spider Man? Or yeah, yeah it's, uh, my, Marvel my, Monica Rambeau is not Captain Marvel because before that you right. Know, you know, confusion goes into that one, but yeah, which came out of uh, Spider Man. But uh, you know, whatever. Next up, uh, She Hulk may bring back Betty Ross and Thunderbolt Ross. Well, we've seen Thunderbolt Ross. Uh, well, wait, where have we seen? Oh yeah, we have seen. Um, he's shown up in, a, but yeah, he was in Endgame. Right, 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 right. But um, no, no, he was, think, no, he was in Infinity War. I'm Infinity, sorry. Yeah, but regardless, it's been still recent, more recent than Betty, who we haven't seen since that second Hulk movie. 
Right. Uh, and apparently the She-Hulk. And she was left in Rivendell. Oh, no! <laughs> but anyway. Very good. Very good. So, yeah. So, we know, we know that She-Hulk is getting a, um, getting a show on Disney+. Plus and, yeah. So, just for some odd reason, they, they may show up there. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, be, her being, you know, Bruce's cousin and mm-hmm. them two been having ties to her through them to him. But eh, we'll see. Next. All right. Uh, the newest Marvel Rising special introduces Shuri to the Secret Warriors girl gang. So um, it's a great time to be a Shuri fan because... Uh, after Black Panther made her a household name, she's going to be appearing in uh, Marvel Rising, the animated series that united Spider-Gwen, Squirrel Girl, and Miss Marvel into a young, hip version of the Secret Warriors. So this is the MCU version where Shuri, or I guess, is uh, labeled the smartest person in the world. I'm like, where's Luna? Or Lunella? Like, um, I think they, they've introduced her yet. Yeah, or Riri. But... Yeah, well... Um, but in any event, this is um, one of the one of the, uh, the the byproducts of the MCU. So um, it's uh, it's cool that they're in, uh, in, um, fitting her into this latest uh, version of the Secret Warriors. And while you know it is kind of a good time to be a Shuri fan, they still canceled her book. So that's a that's a totally <laughs> different that's a totally different thing. Right. Uh, well, not a, it's a different but same thing because. Whatever that book was good. Anyway, <clears throat> uh, the big news that happened yesterday, or was it yesterday or Tuesday? I can't remember. Uh, actually, it says off here. Um, regardless, we find out uh, that was Monday. I'm sorry. It was earlier this week. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, that's right. It was Monday because I do remember. It was like I, all I remember seeing was a bunch of stuff coming from the Disney Plus account. Uh, and tracking it back to what happened. So apparently, um, early Monday morning, the Disney Plus account dropped a whole list of um, um, tweets with content that is coming to Disney Plus. That includes movies, animated stuff, and and whatnot. Um, you know, some new stuff, old stuff, and whatever the case may be. Uh, it was a lot. It apparently took them three hours to do, according to another... Um, uh, another um, article, which I'm not sure why you would, would do that, but at the same time, you can also schedule tweets if you're using TweetDeck, so I don't know if they did that, but whoever did that was busy that morning. Uh, I am not going to go through the whole list, but because we, but we've talked about a lot of it that is said to be coming. Um, there are a couple that I will address because I did not know it was there previously. Uh, that was also on that, that ends up on that list, and that would be um, Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, which is one of my favorite animated that is shows. Awesome. Yes. And of course, now obviously there are reasons why some stuff that I particularly would want that are not on there yet. Now um like the old um the old sixties Marvel stuff, uh cartoons. Um uh, mm-hmm. The Incredible Hulk from the seventies is not on was not on that list. But you know, that's you know, probably licensing, whatever. But you know, it's a bunch of Disney stuff, um bunch of Pixar stuff. Not a whole, I mean, there's like six or seven of the Marvel movies and that gets explained to some more, but a a lot of um, animated stuff, 
that we've talked about before, including like the '90s stuff, like the Iron the '90s Iron Man, which might as well have been called uh, Force Works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Spider Woman from '79, obviously uh, Spider Man and Spider Man is Amazing Friends, X Men uh, t- animated series, etc., etc., etc. And like I said, it was just a whole bunch of old uh, Disney movies and stuff like that. Like so, you can. Go through ducks, uh, go through that Ducktales and and the, the new and old Ducktales and a whole bunch of things. So the value is there if you want it, folks. That's all I can say. So next up, alrighty, uh, reviews.org is seeking up to five people to watch 30 Disney movies or shows upon the release of Disney Plus, Disney's new streaming service. If you're hired, applicants are going to receive $1,000, a year-long subscription for (laughs) Disney Plus, and a Disney-themed movie-watching kit that includes a blanket, cups, and a popcorn popper. Good luck for those who want to enter. Um... Oops, that was that one. So yeah, apparently they'll pay you a uh, thousand bucks for to watch thirty Disney movies in thirty days. Which you know, some people will be doing that for funsies. I'm sure. Yeah, I was about once, to say they be doing free. Yeah, once the service starts. But I'm like, and I look, I saw this. And I'm like, what kind of popcorn popper? Is it an air popper or is it an oil popper? <laughs> you're 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 going to make a serious consideration of this. I mean, look, hey, thousand dollars is more than I got. Exactly, so. it's definitely something. It's worth. It's definitely something. Um, but at the same time, it's like, uh, you know. But at the same time, but now, yeah, but I at the popcorn popper was because I really like popcorn, so it was like, eh. sure. So, but yeah, so that's the thing. If you're if you're interested, I don't know if they've um, uh, hired on that, but hey, it's something to look into. Uh, Marvel promotes Kevin Feige to chief creative officer because water is wet. Listen, this is big news. It is. It is. I mean, it, I didn't it, mean to say it is. Funny, it funny, definitely is. Yeah, it was funny. So you can go through the story because I actually have some questions. Okay, so according to Deadline, um, Feige will now oversee the creative storytelling direction of not just the movies, but all TV, animation, and publishing efforts. Uh, he will remain president of Marvel Studios, he, uh, Marvel TV, and Marvel Family Entertainment. So basically, he'll be doing the same thing he had been doing, plus some right. uh, some stuff. Uh, he will report to the Marvel Entertainment uh, president Dan Buckley. Oh, excuse me, no, Buckley will um, will will report to him. He right. will report to Ike Perlmutter. Sadly, who needs to get out of there? Casada will, you know, they basically go through the hierarchy of that, and you know, to the people under him and who's who's um, who's reporting to who into this, right? But Feige's basically the studio's man inside the publishing. Right. So there's a couple there's a couple of things that I'm wondering about. One, we know that essentially uh, the TV section, the D, the uh, Marvel TV. Has basically been uh, engulfed by Marvel Studios, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. So that means we're going to get a much more unified vision about all these characters. And uh, in the wake of the Netflix shows ending, I think the remaining shows um, we've I think they've already acknowledged already in the MCU. You know, Cloak and Dagger and the Runaways. Right. So um, we're just going to get you know, if not. Uh, uh, confirmation we're going to have the understanding that yes at some point we may actually see more of an involvement uh, uh, between those shows and the ones that are going to be on Disney Plus and in the movies right. um, 
it's the publishing that concerns me because that's a lot of what we deal with as a show Mm. and knowing that Feige is going to at least be overseeing. He may not have hands on day to day stuff, but he's going to be overseeing and directing uh, uh, direction. He's going to be providing direction and possibly sitting in on those writers retreats Mm. um, where they set the, they set the stage for an entire year's worth of publication uh, at Marvel comics and, and create those long crossovers and, talk about the directions of the book so that uh, things can be interwoven um, between stories. Mm-hmm. And I sincerely hope that uh, he doesn't do too much to imprint. I mean, it's already happened. He doesn't do too much to imprint uh, what's happened in the, in the movies onto the publishing. Uh, but I suspect brand. that's, that may be just as much publishing doing that as much as he had uh, any hand in it. Uh, I, I have a strange suspicion. Right, no, um, but that's well, but my point is I don't want him to be heavy-handed about it. I would it's agree. What I worry about, yes, you know, it's one thing for the writers on the publishing side to be like, "Oh, this is a good way to kind of streamline this character or to create a new facet for this character to to work with and you know, kind of adapt some of the things that they see in the movies and put them into the comics." That's one thing we've we've both applauded and bemoaned some of the choices they've made, but I would much rather not see Feige be heavy handed about it. Right. We're, yeah. Let them do their thing. And hopefully it's you know, not too much, exactly too much cross pollination. Yeah. Well, not, not, not too much cross pollination, but too much meddling in the publication side, because the publication, if I'm not mistaken, some of the writers are like, no, publication sets the you know uh, 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 sets the stage sure, for yes. movies. Mm-hmm. That's the way it's gone. That's the way it has been, and it shouldn't be the other way around. Right. That's what uh, Hickman himself had said not right. too long ago, specifically. Uh, but yeah, like that. Yeah, we will. We will see. Hopefully, he will be hands off with that stuff and just like. So I, I kind of wonder. You said he would be in the publishing the retreats. I'm kind of wonder about that. Like maybe they have. a I don't know if there's going to be like another. Like if they have like another top level meeting and say, hey, here's what we're doing down here in, in publishing, like from that standpoint. But you probably you may or may not be right about that. I mean, you may be right, right about that. That's a concern. I'm yeah. just a, I'm just I'm just mentioning a concern that I sure. had when I read this story. And when I heard this story, I hadn't read this particular uh, story that may have more of the details as to who reports to whom. Right. So, um you know that I'll have to to backtrack and, and and check that out and see if my concerns are well founded. Hmm. Um, so another little nugget from this is that apparently that Hellstrom series that the uh, that um, was on also, Hulu. Yeah, on Hulu that was going ahead um, may be uh, up in the air at this point. Okay. Being, you know, and following the 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 canceled that Ghost Rider show, but now it's up in the air because it apparently says here that Variety reports that no decisions have been made regarding either current projects or those in development. Uh, Feige and his team are said to be evaluating all such projects on an individual basis going forward. Uh, but it seems like everything is out there is already just out there. So, or you know, maybe they'll do something. I mean, obviously, Agents of Shield is kind of ending anyway, so that one is whatever it's more yeah uh, yeah it's more hellstrom and it's more runaways and uh cloak and dagger and stuff and dagger i mean cloak and dagger and runaways are in production right now right so whether or not these are the last 
seasons for the respective shows or they continue to become bigger parts of the MCU will, you know, remains to be seen. Right. And some of the stuff that, that we've that we've talked about in the past that they've been, you know, trying to work on basically. Right. So, but we'll find out. We'll, we'll see how that rolls um, going forward. Next up. Um, All right. Uh, hold on. I think this is mine now, mm-hmm. right? Gambit. As expected, Channing Tatum's X-Men movie is basically dead. And you know what goes with that? I will believe it when I, you know, when when that card drops. Right. Well, actually, uh, the, 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 the former director basically said he hasn't heard an update since before the buyout. He thinks it's done. But obviously, as you said, we haven't heard confirmation. Right. I mean, they said a lot from about the New Mutants movie that, that was kind of languishing for a minute. But yeah, that's supposedly still kind of on, I guess. We, again, going back to that last article, we, we don't know. Exactly. That one's been kind of quiet. Although that one, I think, is should be shortly... From the last reports, that one should be not too far in coming out. But we'll see. Next up, um what I just uh, sorry. No, okay, that's right. Uh Obi-Wan was more powerful than Yoda and Palpatine knew it. So this is another theory piece, and I'm not sure why I know why I put this one in here, but uh this is because I'm silly. So apparently there was a theory floating around that um from what I read from what I remember reading it was this that Obi-Wan is the most powerful Jedi, even though that's been I think proven in other media that I think uh Mace Windu was. But this theory postulates that not only was Obi-Wan the strongest, but the fact that uh Palpatine stayed away from Tatooine because uh, Obi-Wan was there uh, looking after Luke, which we have seen in both movie and um, in comic book form. That theory doesn't seem like, uh, sure, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like Palpatine did, never, has never seemed to be the one to be like, oh, well, he's there. I'm just going to, I'm scared. You know? So that, that seems kind of weird. But I always... Okay, uh, finish your thought. I, I have I just something to add. Um, but at the same time, apparently there could be some. Like, there's been a couple other things that was said in this theory that that um, could potentially hold weight. It, it still doesn't make any sense, especially with New Hope, because I don't think if that was the case, he got taken down, quote unquote, fairly easily by Vader at the you know. But then he let himself get 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 uh, right get chopped down. So that's a whole another story. So what right. are you gonna say? What 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 uh, what I wanted to add was just a, a, a theory that a, um, a, an acquaintance of mine had uh, is actually a friend of Matt, of at Matt Wang ninety sevens, um, uh, you know, gave me pause once. Um, we were coming out of I believe the Force Awak- Awakens, um, and um, he, he he his theory was that Obi Wan was the best. Um, uh, swordsman amongst the Jedi, right? You know, even and, better than, even better than, um, than Yoda because of you know, and, and he ticked off, hmm, you know, some know of the uh, some of the accomplishments, and I'm like, oh, you know what? That actually might hold a little water. It but whether does. or not he's the most powerful Jedi is another story, right? And I mean, let's face it, he is. Some would argue he is probably the most 
tact the, the more tactical. Like I mean, say what you want about Anakin. You know, he was he was more thoughtful in his tactics. Than oh sure. I mean, he had the high ground and he knew how to use it. (laughs) Yes. But at the same time, you know, some some of the same stuff was said about Mace Windu, too. (laughs) Jesus. So, yeah, but I don't know. Part of me. There's memes out there about that one, man. (laughs) Yes, I know. The many and plenty. Um. But yeah, so oh, I've, I don't got know. A, I've got that, that's a clip I've got a that's a clip I've got again. I've uh, it's over Anakin. I've got the high ground. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but regardless, you know, I I feel like this is a case uh, of wanting to make fetch happen. Happen, yeah, of course, of course. Um, you know, like sure, it's some a, a couple of it, if you read through it, some of it sounds plausible, but at the same time, it's like you know. But it also goes into the fact that hey, we got this other uh, movie that's coming out, and we still don't know about a particular character's um, background. That being Ray, and there's another theory saying that she could be a um, she could possibly be um, Obi Wan's like granddaughter somehow. Which right. at this point, you know what that I would. Be like, yeah, sure, I'll take that over the just being, hey, she's a Skywalker, yay, you know, because that's kind of obvious, or at least that that seems kind of obvious to you know, but because like the other two theories, like, well, she's a Solo or she's a she's a Skywalker, one or two, she's in that family, which I mean, yeah, you know, I was about to say five will get you ten, five will get you ten. She's the illegitimate daughter of Uncle Owen. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know, there's, there's, that's one, that's one way to do it. That's what I think it is. But no, I would, if, if she ends up being like, say, uh, um, Obi-Wan's grand, grand, which, you know, that's kind of skipping us a, a, a spot, but at the same time, hey, at this point, it doesn't matter. We do know he has had relations in the past, so it's not outside of the realm of possibilities. Right. That, that could have possibly borne out something, um, if you've watched the Clone Wars. Anyway, we're talking way too much about this this theory. That's a yeah, because Star Wars: uh, The Rise of Skywalker is not too far away now. It is, and hopefully, we will get some answers. And somebody's not yeah. going to like it one way or the other. But regardless, it is yep. coming. Nick, all right, I get a fun story about James Wan, the director, mm-hmm. wants to take a stab or is going to take a stab at a Dylan Dog live action series. And you know what I got to say to that? Who? Who? There you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I have seen the name Dylan Dog. I have no, no idea about um this character. But yeah, so apparently, uh, let's see, Variety talked to James Wan and said something about um that Wan has joined forces with Italian comic book publisher Sergio Bonelli Editore for an, a 10 episode live action television series based on Tizano Scalvi's uh, long running horror title um, yeah etc 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 so I don't know if that's if it's Italian I'm well I'm going to assume it's going to come here but I don't know, we don't know maybe something from over there who knows next um, Black Lightning controls the Legends Wave Rider and new uh, Crisis Image. So, yeah, we knew that um, Scooter was going. Let me stop. Uh, we knew that Black Lightning oh, was going to no. be a part of um, uh, of the um, the crossover that is fastly coming, and thereby being introduced with the rest of the universe, Arrowverse. So, yeah, 
Maybe we see a picture of him on his uh, Instagram controlling the Wave Rider. There you go. Okay. And some other folks in the background. It's like stump folks more than, <laughs> I guess, I don't know. Anyway, regardless, there you go. Next. All right. So, uh, Wayne Brady, one of the harder working men in show business, yeah. makes a deal for Black Lightning. Uh, makes a deal for a role in the Black Lightning show. But don't, don't because he's hosting, let's make a deal. Ha ha ha. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you didn't know that? I forgot. Yeah. I forgot. I I didn't know that he uh, that he hosted one of those daytime shows. I forgot which one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's why that particular joke was was there. All right. Uh, but yeah, apparently, um, see, he will reportedly play Tyson Gravedigger Spikes. I know nothing of uh, Black Lightning's uh, Rogues Gallery or Ooh. Yeah. Uh, it says here apparently in the comic books, Tyson Gravedigger Spikes, not Spikes, as Varieties has it, is the third DC character to go by the name Gravedigger. Uh, created by Greg Rucker, Erica Troutman, and Joe Bennett in 2008, Gravedigger is a checkmate operative who obtains telepathic abilities after injecting himself with a concoction called um, Apocritic. Apocritic? Sure. Made out of Starro DNA, which I guess given what's going on in um, um, well, what had been going on in Justice League, that would have been something. Yeah, right? Uh, it's not Starro. Right. So, so yeah, apparently that's going to happen, and uh, you know, all I'm saying is, is Wayne Brady going to have to choke a Black Lightning? <laughs> oh, no. So I, um, I, I had to. That was uh, clearly I was the only one who was apparently making that joke. I guess I don't know. Somebody else probably did, but you had to if you have seen Dave Chappelle's show. Know that he was on Wayne Brady was on that show. And probably mm-hmm. one of my favorite skits. If you haven't seen it, hey, it'll be in the clickbait section of this very program. You're welcome. Next. It's you. Uh, Justin Hartley reportedly signed on for Crisis on Infinite Earths. So Justin What's Kevin Pearson doing there? Say, I'm kidding. I don't, I'm kidding. No, actually, because I was going to say I don't watch This Is Us, but I knew he was on that. Which is also funny to me because I remember him off from Santa Barbara, I believe. The, okay, the soap you got me. But uh, for the for the um, for the uh, for this particular thing, uh, folks may know that he played Green Arrow in Smallville, which I do remember also because I think wait. Was it him that was good because they were like um, shopping a pilot of Aquaman, and I thought it was him. That was supposed to be like, like coming out of a small, a small. I could be wrong for that, but regardless, I do remember around the same time they were shopping the Aquaman uh, pilot, and I thought it was him. It might have been somebody else from that show. So yeah, another Smallville connection has made it to the Crisis on Infinite Earths. I'm still waiting for my call. I know Agent Seventy is also. Yeah. Um. You know what's funny? You know, and and I give the DC shows props for this. Hmm. This is the only place where they could pull off the crisis storyline. This Which, is not something they could do in the movies. They could if they gave it a lot of thought and effort, but be- yeah, because but that's of, a lot of effort. You see how hard it is to get people together for Endgame. Well, that's what. Well, exactly. But they because they didn't 
go through because they didn't think about it before now and try to rush together what ended up being you know Batman, Super and Justice League all together had right. they thought it out a little bit more and they probably could have ended up doing this. But yeah, you're 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 kind of right about that. Like this is basically they could just do what they want uh, on yeah. Arrowverse and for a lower budget. Well, yeah, that too. I mean, like some of that stuff is fun, but at the same time, it's like yeah, okay, yeah, sure. Uh, next up. Alrighty, uh, let's. This is me. Flash and Supergirl meet Crisis's mastermind and behind-the-scenes photo. So, um, uh, was it uh, the Anti-Monitor? Mm-mm. No, they met um, Mark Wolfman. Oh, okay, on, cool. Yeah, who was on set uh, for some reason that we're not entirely sure about it, whether he has a walk-on scene or whether he was just like going. He was kind of looking at script, kind of going through some script pages. Cool. Uh, but we don't know. So yeah, apparently there was some some pictures some some folks took the uh, uh, that showed him and uh, Grant Gusman and Gusman and uh, Melissa Bonaist gotcha. uh, with him well, in Gustin, costume, right? not Gustin. Gustin, yeah. In, yeah, in I was costume. about to say, I'm like, who's that guy? Um, I wanted to add that. Uh, uh, it's nice to hear that Marv Wolfman is uh, able to travel again. He had hurt himself. I think gave himself like a bad concussion mm-hmm. uh, earlier this year. So you know he had hit his head on the on, on a on a on a door or something or oh, or dang. like trying to get on a plane or something something like that. He couldn't make it to East Coast Comic Con. He had to cancel a bunch of appearances earlier this year. So it's good to hear that he's doing better. And secondly, where's George Perez in this? Why why don't they have him? Why don't they fly him out, man? Right. I mean, maybe he'll have a um maybe he'll have a a cameo in there. We don't know. Yeah, maybe. But, I don't maybe. know. But if you're watching the video, you can see um said leaked photos. Of, uh, okay, I hope Marvel so. Okay. I hope they get George out there. Yeah, one would hope. I want to say he might have been in something before, but I don't think so. I could be completely wrong about that. Um, that he maybe have made a, an appearance on the Arrowverse show. Okay, I doubt it, but um, I don't remember. Regardless, next up, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Wonder Woman confirmed in the Arrowverse thanks to Batwoman. Uh, so apparently this is something from Batwoman uh, season, uh, excuse me, episode two that uh, just came out this past Monday or whatever it was. It shows Have up. you watched any of these yet? No, because one, well, no, they're on CW. Oh, your CW, right. Right, my CW is screwed up. Well, not screwed up, but apparently they stopped showing um, uh, CW shows on the CW channel, which is stupid. Okay. So, uh, so now I will have to watch it on the CW app, and I'm already behind on the Alvar Store stuff, stuff as it is. Like a season behind, so I may have to wait till uh, Netflix first I got stuff. You. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so apparently, um, let me see what does it say here. Uh, oh, so Kate makes a reference to Wonder Woman basically in the um, in during the course of the second episode. So, all right. Yeah. In more Crisis on Infinite Earths news, they have cast in the Arrowverse. They have cast uh, an actor, uh, Supernatural alum Stephen Lobo, to play Detective Jim Corrigan, who is also known as the Spectre. Yes, not Lobo, as you know, that would be a little too on the nose. Yeah, a little. <laughs> so yeah, apparently Jim Corrigan, aka the Spectre, is going to also be on on the um, on, on the crossover because who isn't at this point again? Sure. Now, 
it's, it's kind of funny because they did have a dude playing Jim Corrigan on Constantine's show, and we know that Matt Ryan is in the Arrowverse, and I'm kind of wondering why they didn't get that dude, or maybe they couldn't. I don't know, or maybe, you know, who knows. But, hey, it is what it is. Um, speaking of this crisis, we get, and speaking of the Animon that you mentioned, uh, the Crisis on Infinite Earth's image reveals first look at the Anti-Monitor, who is apparently being played by the same person who is uh, playing the Monitor. Um, LaMonica Garrett will play both the Animonitor and the Heroic Monitor, who we actually have been seeing in the Justice League, by the way, recently. Um, not La Monica, but the Monica Animal. You know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So, and if you're watching the video, you can see him in full dress as the Ender Monitor. Cool. Next. Alrighty. Uh, next up. Um, spoiler alert: Arrow's final season premiere uh, doubles down on Batman. So uh, the episode Starling City included a handful of references to the Dark Knight up to and including an explicit mention of Bruce Wayne. So that thing they basically said that was never going to happen on Arrowverse is kind of sort of happening. But we also had Batwoman. So that was already kind of out of out the window. Sure. Not necessarily that Batman's going to show up. At it. Well, I mean, technically it is because we got because um, um, Kevin Conroy is going to be there in some capacity. But. That's the no, honest no, yeah. Because they did say a long time ago, it was like, yeah, we're not putting Batman in the Arrowverse for reasons. Um, so all they need to do now is to bring in Green Lantern and Wonder Woman. I don't know. I doubt if they're doing that because a lot of shows are ending, but at least they're referencing that stuff now. Um, on Titan, Superboy justifies Pa Kent's Man of Steel advice, which I don't know how to feel about that. But yeah, so Superboy is on. Um, so I guess that advice was, if I remember, according to the article, and I remember correctly, is to you might want to keep things hush hush about your secret identity. Um, no, not your secret identity, about your powers. Well, yes, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Right. Um, because if you remember the Man of Steel, you know. Um, which is still kind of stupid to me. I don't know. I feel like there was a way they could have gotten out of it. Like, did he really have to do that? Did it really have to happen? So Kevin Costner played uh, Pa Kent and he needlessly died because he it was didn't. a decision. It was dumb. Yeah. Um, because he didn't want young Clark to uh, reveal his powers, which again, I felt like there was there. there that seems seemed rather needless at the time. That was dumb. You know, yeah. for God, for goodness sake, you know, you could have had uh, uh, the OG Pa Kent uh, way of dying, which was simply of old age. Right. You know, or it could have been a disease that Superman's powers couldn't help, you know, couldn't, couldn't help uh, defeat. But well, no, there was a disease. It was oh. called nature. <laughs> well, you know, but in any event. Yeah, I know. Like again, I'm a, but I'm agree with you. It was just so stupid then, and it's still stupid now, personally. But apparently, the, uh, as far as Titans is, is concerned, um, the latest episode introduces uh, viewers to Superboy, who, as we know, is a clone of Cadmus. And if you've watched, you watched this. Just- no, I have not. I'm. I'm I was about to say you're spoiling yourself, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I, at this point, I'm not. You know, I, I care, but I don't care. 
you know it's worth watching it's interesting oh, i mean i plan to it's just that that just got behind on it like i started i find, I, okay, I find this way more entertaining than uh than the dc the arrowverse shows but you know maybe it's just because of the the the, the relative um production quality maybe i don't know i still like the arrowverse show or, or for some stuff you know i'm behind on that too so that's not the whole thing but it, one of these days soon uh mm-hmm. speaking of titans though uh titans dc universe repeats history launches poll for jason todd's life oh yeah i did see this so yeah um the they actually launched a poll as to whether jason todd robin uh will live or die as a result of the cliffhanger no pun intended ending Hmm. of uh the the issue the the episode prior to uh the episode that uh roddy cat was just talking about involving superboy so the poll Feature two options: uh, Jason lives or Jason dies. Just and like, as, just like classically, <laughs> right? And as of the voting, as, as of the writing of the article that we're referencing, twelve thousand votes were cast, and Jason dies is ahead by a few hundred votes. So, which, again, if you remember classically, kind of went going the same. So, I feel like this poll was destined. To, I mean, it's not over with, obviously, but I feel like this poll is kind of biased. Because anybody who's watching it enough to care about this and would do this is probably will be leaning one way or the other because of the past. Right. Um, who knows? But um, I will also go ahead and say that in um, um, Jim Yelson this week, um, as I mentioned earlier, I didn't mention this part, but apparently Jimmy may or may not have had something to do with um, that that poll that happened because they they reference it yeah so which was kind of funny he didn't say whether it go one way or another well it kind of did if you look at the picture but it, it was kind of mm-hmm. amusing to see i'm like all right that's that's kind of funny but i will say that i've gotten up to the point where jason todd got introduced and i think i'm like one episode past that if i'm not okay. mistaken so uh um, oh yeah i mean like i said I, i'm not saying it's not a bad show it's just that i just haven't been keeping up like a like like, like i had tried to do but at least have been starting to it but so we'll see how that poll ends up i suspect and that guy who plays jason todd kind of a little snit but that's how, how jason yeah, todd was exactly. so he's playing him true to true to character his character exactly yeah so which to say he's playing him good but at the same time you know it is what it is uh, so we'll we'll see how that turns out. Batman Beyond. The Joker has long been the most notorious uh, since. Batman Beyond. Hey, like, what 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 sound clip are you playing? Nah, wait a minute. I feel like I'm. Hold on. Hmm. Okay, I'm not trying to make sure to because it's something to come up with. I thought I wasn't gonna miss, but I know I did some rearranging earlier. Batman Beyond remastered box set is twenty dollars off right now. Um, so you can pre-order the remaster of Batman Beyond, which we've talked about before, uh, from Amazon or, um, Walmart, excuse me, you can get it for 80 bucks, which was a hundred previously, and it's going to be released on October 29th. And I think, I want to say they may have, have the remasters on, um, DC Universe at this point now, but... But if you didn't, but if you did that, you wouldn't get this lovely case with the Funko and other little goodies. You know, some people still like physical goods. What can I say? I don't know how long this is going to be, but hey, you can, um, if you catch it around the time of this recording or sometime soon after, then you may be able to grab that if you're so inclined. Next.
All righty. So uh, in oddly interesting news, the Joker movie has topped 200 million domestic and it is uh, Warner Brothers' highest grossing film of 2019. So it earned $55.9 million at the box office this weekend in domestic grosses. So uh, that was the largest October 2nd weekend ever. There was something I want to say about a particular DC fan or two that, or I dare say it's borderline insufferable, but I'm like, whatever it is, you have your. Wow, it's up to, I was going to say it's up to 572. It's probably going to beat 600 million by this week. Right. So, uh, worldwide. No, no, this is something on the side. I'm not going to go into it, but um, just people are funny on social media that when they don't like other people doing stuff that they they did themselves do with it where it comes when it comes to fandom, and it's real silly. Right. But hey, um, it is I guess good on that movie. I still don't care enough to see it. Right. But I know we will eventually. Um, speaking of something way better than that, possibly well better than that movie. Uh, Joker inspires a Sesame Street nightmare for Oscar the Grouch on SNL. Have you seen this? No. Oh, it's good. You have to. You have to watch it. So okay. on this this past week's SNL, they did a they did a uh, Oscar the Grouch parody of Joker, basically, uh, and it's really good. Um, the the one, and this is, I guess, a niggling thing, but um, the one little thing I have, would have a slight problem with was like, so you get a rendition of uh, Sesame Street theme in a certain way. Okay. And I don't think, I'm fairly certain Oscar the Grouch would not be singing the lyrics. Or at least one particular lyrics set of lyrics um, at all given his you know propensity to like garbage. I will say that. But whenever you get a chance, I won't spoil it for you. And I almost, I'm glad I didn't do what I was going to do earlier. But um, if you get a chance to watch it, watch it. It's pretty good. Okay. Um. So next up, you got next. Uh. Actually, no. Wait. Uh. No, it's mine. I'm. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, Suicide yeah. Squad set photos reveal a first look at the new team in costume. So, uh, you see, um. In the picture, Jai Courtney, Mailing Eng, Nathan Fillion, and Pete Davidson, and several other actors in various stages of costume. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. So, sure. Okay. Am I the only one who don't really like Pete Davidson? Yeah, he's not funny. Well, there's that, too. It's, yeah. Uh, huh. So, yeah, there is that cool beans um i guess that movie is coming along next up um the batman finds its catwoman and zoe kravitz which as someone uh said on twitter so lisa bonet's daughter is as catwoman and her husband was aquaman right Uh, or you could say that uh catwoman's stepfather is aquaman right either way yeah, DC's like we get Lisa Bonet a um a, a, a role in something. Exactly. Tie it all together, I guess. I don't know. Exactly, exactly. If she even wants to. So some people I was like, you know what, this is like we talked about the, the short list from last week of, of folks in the running for Catwoman. And I've and this was one pick that I didn't think anything about, to be honest. 
Mm-hmm. So I guess I hope she does good. Some people don't like it. Some people are being racist about it, stupidly. Which is dumb. Uh, yes, you know given the dumb? fact that Eartha Kitt was king exactly. like, well before now. Yes, and that, that part has also come out. I mean, has been people said. Are, people are dumb. Yeah. So, but people just like, want to be If you dumb. want to crap on it, you know, if you want to crap on the Halle Berry version, you're more than welcome to it, but you can't touch Eartha Kitt. So. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Again, especially since, like, you know, previously, but obviously people are not, you know, we don't talk about Catwoman, that Catwoman. Because they're young and stupid, but anyway. Yeah, you know, the uh, Halle Berry movie uh, was, was not great, but still, right. even she came before this and that. So, it's dumb. But, um, I'll go ahead and take this next one. Okay. Um, and along those lines, Michelle Pfeiffer offers hilarious advice to new Catwoman Zoe Kravitz in the form of, I uh, believe it's something like, hey, make sure you can go to the bathroom. Something like that again. Yeah, make sure while designing the costume, they consider how you're going to go to the bathroom. Yep. Her advice. Pretty common sense advice. It's not sure. the first time we've heard it either. Right, exactly. And not necessarily hilarious, but it's what makes sense. And at the same time, hmm, interesting. Um, so yeah, Sorry, that was that. Uh, next up. Yeah, uh, next up, um, in news that will be updated and later uh, news items in this show. Jonah Hill was apparently uh, up for a role, but it is. Uh, uh, I'm looking for the right sound effect. Oh, I'm dying. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, Jonah Hill, you know, was up for something, but not so much anymore. Yeah, he walked away from the apparently reportedly walked away from the part, which great because I don't care that much for him in the first place. Yeah, he's like not so good. Yeah. Um again, in my humble opinion, not again, so far. Same here. Yeah. Not not everybody agrees with me. So yeah. you, he, you know what had... I have to say to that? You know what I have to say to that? People who think Jonah Hill is funny. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, I, I'd be up there with him. Like he's he has a thing. I guess he's good for that, sure. I still haven't seen that Green Hornet uh movie he did, which supposedly was all right, but at the same time I've not really going to seek it out either. Uh, wait, that was Seth Rogen. That wasn't him. Sorry. Uh, but apparently, no, famous... he's not that funny either. And yeah, for those who think he is? You can't handle the truth. Agreed. Apparently, Seth Rogen was also um, interested in the role, or at one point in time, but there was no offers or something according to this uh, to the article. Uh, for, but from that, we go to actor, marine biologist Jason Alexander wants the Batman's penguin role. So Jason Alexander, who we know as uh, George Costanza from Seinfeld, uh, found out about jo- the Jonah Hill uh, passing on the role and went to Twitter and says, clearly the next move for Penguin has to be someone familiar with marine biology, <clears throat> which stems from an old uh, Seinfeld er- episode where George uh, pretends to be a marine biologist to impress a woman, as he tended to do. Goodness gracious. So... Yeah, Which honestly, I'm like, hmm. He has played a bad guy before, maybe in like a more comedic sense. But at the same time, it's not like he may have the range. Mm-hmm. Like who thought? Who thought? Uh, Danny DeVito. Well, okay, I'm sure people would. On hindsight, people thought it was like, of course, he was perfect for roles, you know, height and everything. But 
No one knew that at the time. All we think of is Burgess Meredith when we think of that, so, you know. Well, I mean, some some people think about uh, Danny DeVito. I'm one of them, but you know, I agree. Yeah, Burgess Meredith being cl- a classic rendition. Yep. Uh, next up. All right. Um, next up. So apparently Robert Pattinson's Batman is going to fight Paul Dano or Dano as the Riddler. So in the wake of Jonah Hill leaving, a Paul Dano swoops in, apparently. Hmm. Um, according to the Hollywood Report, Reporter, uh, it's Paul Dano who has signed on to take one of the alleged roles Hill was in discussion for, Edward Nigma, a.k.a. the cryptic puzzle-loving mastermind, the Riddler. Although the Hollywood Reporter notes that the character is supposedly going to be named Edward Nashton here. So, yeah, that's lame. Book him, Dano. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's the thing that's gonna happen. Um and now on to a some would say a veritable slew of Matrix 4 news. Um <laughs> The Matrix 4 as Neil Patrick Harris. Which is that's a weird role. I mean Doogie. that's a weird and all right, Doogie Hauser, aka um Bonnie uh, from How I Met Your Mother also. So I request the highest of no, I'm stop. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's that was a weird show. We don't know what his role is going to be. Sounds like maybe they're gonna a new version of Cipher. I don't know. Uh, Joey Joey Pants would probably have something to say about that. Um, but regardless, yeah, that's the thing. Next up, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith is in talks to return for the Matrix Four. Good yeah, for her, Obi. To reprise her role as Niobe. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, apparently, Iron Fist's Jessica Henwick is has possibly been offered a role, a lead role in Matrix Four. Good. So, hey, go ahead, Colleen, do your thing. Good for her. If Good that's for the her. case, yeah. Um, and apparently, I think this um, this article goes on to say that they speculate that. Um, Yaha Abdul Mateen II will play a young Morpheus, which okay. I said last week he might have been taking over uh, Harold Perignon's uh, operator role and or you know be like Dozer or whoever's brother and be oh. an operator. We don't know, but this is speculation. Right. Uh, next up. Next up, Netflix. In, in interesting news for people who are fans of the indie comic Bone, Netflix is turning the classic comic book into a series. So anyone who's a fan of Jeff Smith's Bone, uh, guess what? Your comics may end up being worth a little bit more than they were. I've never read Bone. Neither have I, but uh, I've skimmed through some of it, and yeah. it was okay. Yeah, like I've seen them on shelves, and I'm like, okay, what is it? I, I've read Cerebus more than I've read Bone. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, Iron Bob plays tribute to Tony Stark in New Jay and Silent Bob Reboot Club. So they are going all the way with this, huh? Um. So and yeah. So apparently, uh, there's going to be uh, an 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 Iron Man uh, homage in the Giant Silent Bob reboot. That's really nothing to say about that. Oh, apparently there is. Uh, yeah, Kevin Smith's uh, Instagram. I guess this is a clip. Uh, from it. So, cool. All right. Next. 
Um, uh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, um, in a new fo- in new photos of season four's season four of Riverdale, the CW show, Archie and Veronica and the rest of the gang are having a good time at a car wash fundraiser as they raise money for the local community center. And okay. not to be confused with breaking two. Um, no, no. So yeah, you see the pictures from the commercial. You see Veronica and all her glory, and yeah, the dudes. But I don't know. I'm sorry. Um, this was, that was from last week, so I know there was a trailer about it. But yeah, now, apparently that show's still on there. Go figure. Uh, the Nickelodeon Star Trek show won't talk down to its younger audience. So um, I guess when a red shirt dies, then there will be. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, apparently, it says here that um, speaking to, to Trek Court, New York Comic Con producer and, and uh, producer and Star Trek franchise head Heather Cadence uh, briefly touched on the upcoming 3D animated Nick series being held by Troll Hunters Dan Hagman. The series sees a bunch of quote unquote lawless teens coming across a derelict uh, Starfleet vessel, taking it as their own and charting a course to adventure across the galaxy. Okay. So, and that the head of those team is a young Kirk. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but that's kind of what it sounds like. It's like, hey, here's a ship. What's ours now? How did it? Well, whatever. It doesn't matter. So apparently they're going to get serious with it, I guess, or at least not get, you know, <laughs> so maybe the phases won't miss. Maybe somebody will. I was going to say, you know, they're, they're going to have a triples episode. More than likely. More than likely. But, um, so yeah, it's, yeah, apparently says is like, yeah, they're not going to develop the, the quote unquote, the maturity of the, the franchise. So we'll see how, what that entails, uh, whenever that happens. Uh, just as a side note, before we move on, we, before we transition to, uh, comic book news, I've been, uh, working my way through, uh, my, uh, deep space nine rewatch. Nice. Um, and I, and I, and I recently passed the, uh, the triples episode. Um, oh, the flash so I forgot yes. how innovative that episode that was, was. That was so good. Did you go back and watch the um the the thing that it um well not necessarily homage but the thing that, that uh, it uh called back to? Well, you mean the original yes. series triple yeah. episode? Yeah. No, because right. the last time I watched it, that's what I did. Which is the last couple times I've did that, but that's just me because I'm silly like that. But yeah, that was a great episode. I love that that, that episode. I you know it brought back a lot of memories, but then I realized that um, I'm getting to the part in the show where I was just like, no, why did they do this? Why did she leave the show? And you know what I mean? Oh yes, yes, yes. It's yeah, it starts getting deep and dark. Yeah, we're going to get or, to that. I'm just like, oh man, yeah, I don't want to keep watching. Oh, know? believe believe me, when that happened, when that actually happened, um, you know, when it first aired, that's how I right. felt. So. I was just like, oh man. Yeah. Uh, so shout out anyway. to Dex. But anyway, um and, yeah, so moving on, we're gonna transition to comic book. You, news. Hey, you may or may not like Ezri. What's that? You may or may not like Ezri. I don't know. We'll see. I remember it. I I watched it already. Okay. But my point is I you know, like having not watched it in a long time. Sure. Um uh, it's it, it's it, as as you just said, we're getting to that point where it's like, oh, now I remember what happened, mm-hmm. so. which was a dumb way to, for them to to deal with that. But you know, was, yeah. yeah, but you know, it's one of those things where it's like, uh, it's not exactly coming back with uh, a different actress to play Aunt Viv. 
Right. You know, <laughs> you know True. What I mean, yeah. it's not that it's it, there's actually like kind of built in mechanisms for for carrying the character on but in I mean, a different way true but still the way they and she was on a show i was about to say i looked at her imdb i forgot she was on a show for a long time after that yeah, she, was, she, was she was on, on um, decker so mm-hmm. decker, yeah. yeah yeah so, so but anyway yeah, getting was... back to the transition to comic news round mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Field threatens marvel with legal actions over shady practices quote-unquote Okay, Rob. Yeah, moving right along. Uh, at New York Comic Con 2019, they uh, uh, there was um, uh, a, pa- a part of the news from I think it was the Women of Marvel panel. The Marvel Hope Star is their next breakout star, and this is something I teased earlier mm-hmm. when I was talking about this week's issue of Captain Marvel and how um, the star character is uh, going to spin as a villain into a new series. And uh, writer Kelly Thompson um, has uh, big plans for her. She's just basically a, a recolored Carol, though. But now they've got her tied into the Infinity Warps thing, so. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. Like I said, like I said earlier, trying to make fetch happen. Um, from the Contagion front, uh, Marvel zombie fungus exists in nature, and it's terrifying. So apparently the fungus that is plaguing um, the Contagion series is actually a real thing. So, shout out to Ed Brisson for doing homework, I guess. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's it's a pretty messed up fungus. Yep. So, enough said about that, the better. Yep, 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 yep. Next. So apparently a Marvel Marvel fans have noticed an incredible House of X detail, and I'm reading through this now. So um, apparently there was an episode, uh, there was an issue from, what was it, Uncanny or something from a while back that, uh, mm-hmm. or I can't remember where it's from, but regardless, um, Deadpool, oh, future Deadpool um, runs into the X-Men and basically says, as you see from this panel, like, wait a second, is that gold balls? Oh, dude, you're a legend. Can I have your auto autograph? So apparently there's saying that, you know, Hickman may have saw that and used that for, you know, use that for inspiration as to what ends up happening. That's a stretch. Uh, maybe, maybe not. I mean, who's to say? Uh, yes, yeah, according to Amazing Detail, it says here from the caption, uh, Amazing Detail I picked up from reading 2013's event, Battle of the Atom, future Deadpool. And that's when, that's when it goes into that. Uh, maybe not. I mean, who's to say? Hickman seems like one who 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 does his homework. Could have happened. We don't know. True. But so, yeah, so that's the thing that popped up. And like I said, the speculation abound. We'll know until we won't know until Hickman or someone says something. A uh, new X Men title, X Corp, coming in February 2020. So the X books just don't stop coming. All right, this is part of the second wave. Uh, mm-hmm. The second wave was, uh, initially was announced uh, with uh, the next Wolverine solo title. That is correct. Uh, so, and it says um, recently signed Marvel exclusive artist uh, Carmen Carnero is slated to draw the series, as announced in this week's uh, Captain Marvel. The last of her run on that book. Um, and it says, don't let Carmen out of your sights. And it goes into X-Corp. Uh, talking about X-Corp, apparently. So, 
And it says here, let's see, the S-Corp was introduced by Joe Casey and Rob Garney in Uncanny X-Men's run as a paramilitary group led by Banshee. Greg Morrison tweaked it during his new X-Men run, making them localized support teams for mutants around the world with offices and T's. Uh, that's T-E-A-S. Um, mm-hmm. In major cities such as Hong Kong, New York City, Paris, and Mumbai, the organization was dissolved by Cyclops in the wake of decimation. So there you go. There's a little history on that because I really didn't know too much about it. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and of course I think yeah they they did show up in uh, House of X Powers of X. Sounds like sure. Oh no 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 no. It says here during House of X Powers of uh, the Hellfire Club was rebanded as a corp- corporation. Run get some editing. The Hellfire Trading Corporation is not known if that corporation could be associated with X Corp. Right. Well, you know, there's still several months between now and the launch of this book to see how that's going to develop, especially right. in the pages of um, the Marauders. I was about to say, yeah, Marauders ship, dealing more yeah, with the shipping court title. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, so that might be something different. Um, a Guardian of the Galaxy is about to form an even deadlier team that this is uh, talking about this week's Guardian of the Galaxy, which we, we well, we talked about the book. We didn't necessarily talk about this. Um, and uh, shout out to Tim for for writing this. So yeah, uh, we, we kind of talked about this disorder, and um, you know, he goes, uh, Tim goes into his his thoughts on um, what's coming out of that book with uh, with the team. So we will let you read that for yourself. Next, next up, Hawkeye and Avengers Defenders are going to get new titles in 2020. So there's hey. going to be a new. Hawkeye solo series that's going to come out in February. That's hot on the heat. Well, I guess ahead of the uh, Disney Plus show. Correct. And the Avengers Defenders book is, I believe, a limited series written by Alan Davis. So Hawkeye going back to his uh, miniseries roots because he had sure. like two before Fractions Run. Well, maybe two, three counting that uh, one with Black Widow, but nevertheless. Uh, so this is going to be a five-issue miniseries written by Matt Rosenberg with art by Otto Schmidt, covers by Jim Jacinto, um, and apparently it's got something to do with Ronan. Um, All right. And then you got Tarot, which is a four-issue series, which is the Avengers Defenders, uh, um, uh, I guess, team-up book, written by Alan Davis and Paul Renard. And has something to do with Namor, apparently. So, and a, in a lost memory. So maybe this is something coming off of uh, in, uh, uh, Invaders. Possibly, but with Alan or, Davis thing, it's probably going to be very classic, you know, and very. Which, if the yeah, which is if the um, if the cover suggests anything, it looks like classic teams of both. Yeah. So there it is for that. Uh, next up. Uh, Marvel revives Atlantis Attacks for 30th anniversary event. We kind of uh, talked about this earlier. Yeah, we touched on this earlier, but yeah. we can expand on it now. Indeed. So, yeah, uh, apparently, uh, as a matter of fact, we were, to- we're doing a little bit of talking prior to the show about this uh, uh, with a little bit more than this. But, yeah, uh, so Atlantis Attacks is going to be written by Greg Park and artist Ario. Anandito, uh, uh, forgive me if I mispronounced your name, um, will pit 
Namor, King of Atlantis against Pac's revamped Agents of Atlas team. The series will also figure uh, feature the new Agents of Atlas meeting the original uh, Jimmy Woo-led team. So new uh, agents meet the old agents, which I know there was a thing they've been doing like backup stories, or at least they started a backup story in uh, Agents of Atlas with the old team. So now that makes starts to make a little bit more sense. And uh, I think we've, we've postulated that because of the stuff that is going on in um, wave um, or with wave in the backup arrow, I should say, um, probably will have more to do with this also, and maybe possibly what's going on in Avengers. So okay, yeah, um, yeah. Atlantis attacks was pretty much. I mean, a, a similar premise back in the day. Uh, um, Namor uh, decided to attack the, the surface world, and the heroes responded in kind. And uh, right. there's several similar uh, aspects. To the story, including um, the Serpent Crown. Yep. You know, the Serpent Crown is in play in the Invaders book. So it's interesting to see um, this uh, come up uh, between the Agents of Atlas and um, the Atlanteans. I, you know, and we've, we've talked about whether or not the Invaders are going to have any role to play in the series. Yeah, which sounds like, you know, stuff might be coming out of there into this. So, right. There, so there was a lot of, though, though there's the the last few couple of times that Atlantis attacks have come up has been as jokes. In fact, recently I want to say it did, um, but I can't remember from where. Um, it might have been in Fantastic Four. I'm not sure, but so yeah, they're going back again as they have been with other events. Next up, alrighty, um, the Jessica Jones Blind Spot digital series by writer Kelly Thompson and artist Mattia De Eulis. Um, was uh, a huge hit in the digital marketplace. And now Marvel Comics is going to present it in print as a six-issue limited series starting in January. So, yeah, cool. So if you haven't read it before now, you'll get another chance in print. Um, Expanded second edition of Kirby and Lee Stuff Said Ships. So apparently this was a book, um, well, it says here, after achieving the quickest sellout in tomorrow's history, uh, Kirby and Lee said stuff. Stuff said, excuse me, has gone back to print for an expanded second edition, including minor corrections and 16 new pages of stuff said by the creators of the Marvel Universe. The first of its kind uh, examination, completed just days before Stan Lee's passing, looks back at Kirby and Lee. In, excuse me, looks back at Kirby and Lee's own words in chronological order from fanzine. Uh, magazine, radio, and television interviews to paint the most comprehensive and enlightening picture of their relationship ever done, uh, why it succeeded, where it deteriorated, and where it eventually failed. So, and then Cloden goes into um, Kirby's, uh, you know, parody of Stan Lee, me, uh, Funky Flashman. Right. So, yeah, if you're interested in that, then you can go check that out. Right. All right. Uh, next up, uh, Marvel announces a new prose book line. It's Marvel's teaming up with 
Aconite Books to publish a new line of prose novels. It's a multi-year deal and the books with books planned for release next year in 2020. Uh, no titles, no specific titles have been announced, but these two companies um, uh, are working together through um, the publisher, the publisher Asmodee, a uh, global games group that is in the process of releasing several new Marvel games. Mm-hmm. So, cool. They're uh, card games, that is. This. And a miniature game, actually. Yes. Um. Oh, weird. I don't know why this is not coming up again. Uh, or coming up now. But our next story was about... Um, hang on for a second. Sorry, folks. Luckily, I put it in my notes. In Australia, um, weird. Yeah, maybe they took it down. Uh, Marvel Gamer Zone now open at Australia's Marvel Stadium. So apparently, Marvel Gamers make way for the Marvel Stadium in Melbourne, Australia. Uh, as of this weekend, Marvel Gamer Zone, the one stop venue for all things Marvel gaming, has officially opened. This unique Marvel-themed video game space uh, re- reflects Marvel's commitment to bringing fan-favorite characters in life uh, to life and transporting them to an e- into epic stories through video gaming. So, apparently, this is um, looks like a big arcade from what the pictures look like, and it's got a bunch of uh, uh, Marvel Marvel um, licensed video games, pinball machines, arcade games, and stuff. So, it was cool looking from the pictures, but apparently that article may have been taken down um yeah that's that's pretty much that but it's in australia so just ain't got nothing to do with us all right uh the next story i thought uh, it seems like a rehash of something we've already discussed but um it's punisher been, co-creator it's, it's jerry before. conway again blasts cops who wear the Vigilantes logo, and uh, these cops just don't know their history or comic history. Well, so this, so I saw the tweet, the, the tweets in question, and it was recent. So, um, um, and I believe there has been another instance of cops doing that stupid mess again, causing, um, causing right. Conway to say this. And he basically says, any cop who wears a Punisher logo in his official capacity is uh, identifying law enforcement with an outlaw. Uh, these cops, quote unquote, are a disgrace to serious policemen, police officers everywhere. They show an uh, imbecilic level of responsibility and should be fired immediately. What's his uh, What's his take? Oh, and that's right, because this was after. Um, so, so apparently, uh, according to the tweet that he referenced here, Dallas cop seen wearing Punisher logo during altercation. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, recently, so yeah, so it was a cop that. So this is an updated, yeah, it's an update to the story. Well, yeah. Well, not an update, it was a new, a new one. A new incident, right? Yeah. Um, so next up, Tom King, Jason Aaron are writing a pair of major milestones, except one is not necessarily a major milestone, personally. Okay. So um, basically, they both are at the end of their... Um, of uh, their writing tasks. So Tom King is writing Batman. He's, I think he just finished writing. Yeah. He put out a tweet saying, writing my final Batman and Jason Aaron responded, writing my final Thor. So they're both basically writing their final, their final things of a character they've been writing. However, Jason Aaron's been writing his for the last, what, seven, eight years, something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, King just got taken off as well. 
got off of his book after what two years i guess not necessarily that big of a milestone plus because especially since he was supposed to go 100 but the this article called it a milestone when i guess it is but not really anyway yeah anyway uh uh, in news that affected a book out this week, Mitch Gerard's was added to Batman 81 mm-hmm. and did two pages alongside uh, John Romita Jr. So mm-hmm. cool. There you go. Uh, inside DC Super Team Snyder and Capullo's collaboration and teasing their upcoming 2020 spiritual metal sequel. So apparently, um, um, th- oh, why was I about to call him Dave? Good Lord. Um, Scott Snyder. Um, I'm sure some giant bomb fans will will recognize that. But anyway, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, uh, y'all know the Super Team. If you're a DC fan, they are working on Batman Last Night on Earth right now, um, and apparently they are teasing a sequel to Dark Knight's Metal, which they also did for next year. Is the basic takeaway from this? But this was a, a interview with them. Excuse me, spiritual successor to metal, whatever that means. So cool. You can check out that uh, interview if you're so inclined. Next. All righty. Next up, Andre Lima Arroyo has announced that he's begun drawing a new creator owned title written by Brian Michael Bendis for DC's Jinx World line. He announced it in a tweet. Um, Arroyo was brought over to DC by Bendis and has drawn portions of Young Justice and Legion of Superheroes Millennium. So good on them. Yeah, it's a creator owned uh, jobby, so we'll see what that what that ends up being when that happens. Uh mm-hmm. DC first look, the infected King Shazam. Uh you can see preview pages of that thing that is coming. So uh, DC has released the first look of at pages for next works next month. The infected King Shazam number one, one shot. And uh, apparently this is coming off of uh, events in Batman Superman and you're the villain. So you can look at the preview pages of that. If you are so inclined. Next. All right, in a preview for next month's Justice League 35, it appears that Francis Manipool is making a return to the Justice League title. He's going to be doing the art for issue number 35 of Justice League with Scott Snyder and James Tinian IV on scripts. Yay! I love Manipool's art. So, and you can see some of the preview pages of that if you read that article. Next! Um, so we kind of already talked about this, but this is an article from Polygon about the Superman smashes the, uh, the clan. Um, it's my uh, click of the week this week. Indeed it is. So you can go check out that. It's a interview with, uh, Gene Lun Yang and, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to, to checking this out. Uh, so next up. Yeah, so there's a very different nightfall for Batman in Tales from the Dark Multiverse. I thought I was going to read this today. I just couldn't get to it. I didn't. <sighs> Whatever. <laughs> so it's, you know, so, so, you know, these Tales from the Dark Multiverse one shots tell complete stories. Um, but uh, apparently Scott Snyder told Newsarama they will provide pieces for his 2020 sequel to Dark Knight's Metal. There's going to be a sequel to that thing? 
Um, well, yeah, he, that, like I said in the previous article, that uh, Snyder and Capullo is doing something. Yeah, and DC's heavily teased 2020 crisis that already got a mention in this week's series. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Love it. Uh, Hang on for one second while I do this. Um, Nothing. I'll tell you later. Uh, I thought you were pulling up a sound effect. I was waiting for it. Nah. I was like waiting for it. I was like, what does he have queued up that I don't have? <laughs> nah, they don't think there's a there was a good enough sound effect for for anything I could pull full for that. But anyway, uh the you question- know what I have survey says <laughs> Indeed. Uh moving right along. The question. Jeff Lemire uh deb- debuts his variant cover for the deaths of Vic Sage. So uh, apparently there's going to be a DC Black Label series called uh, The Question to Deaths of Vic Sage, which uh, if you were listening to the show last week, I talked about his, where he appeared. Was it last week or before last? I think it was last appeared. And the fact that supposedly he was dead in 52 and now he's back and I'm not sure what in the world's going on. And apparently neither did uh, Rene Montoya. Maybe this will go into that. Who knows? But this is a book by Jeff Lemire, Dennis Cowan, and uh, Bill Sinkovich. And it goes on sale for November 20th. So you can go check that out if you're um, if you're curious. Like, I, I kind of am. Okay. Next. Next up, you can take a first look at The Magicians, number one, from Boom Studios. The first issue of Lev Grossman's The Magicians uh, is going to be available from Boom Studios' Archaea imprint in less than a month. Grossman's teamed with writer Lila Sturgis and artist Pius Bach to bring fans a brand new story about the next generation of magicians. Yeah, so if you don't know about the magicians, it's basically, let's say, Harry Potter and the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe kind of all mixed together, sort of. Or some would say Harry Potter in college with, with sex, something like that. It, um, you know, Lev Groshen is is the uh, the writer on it. It's been a TV show for the last three seasons or so, and now it's coming back around to comic books. So three-fourths of a circle. If you're interested in that, yeah, go for it. Um, Avatar The Last Bender, Airbender. Imbalance reveals uh, the origin of Spoiler. So, uh, I believe that is the origins of, um, what's the name? The capital city or whatever. The city, basically, that uh, Legend of Korra is, is set in. Uh, so, yeah. If you are aware of that, then you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, uh, you then chances are you probably haven't watched uh, either Last, uh, Avatar Last Airbender or Korra. Which, I have not watched Korra, but I'm looking forward to it. Next up, Dark Horse has released new details about the special edition of the Art of Star Wars Rebels book that the upcoming book that showcases the art behind the animated Star Wars series. So if you're a fan of the series, you can pick up this cool book um, that shows some of the art behind the series. Yeah, I, I, I enjoy Rebels. I don't think I'll be doing that, though. I do like Rebels. Um, Pokemon manga series is ending after 23 years. Wow. That's a long time. That is a long time. Uh, so yeah. Um, so the, 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 see, after 23 years, the manga is finally coming to a close. Fans of the manga were surprised to discover that it will be coming to an end shortly. I mean, 
again, it's a long time, so I'm surprised it's been out that long. Uh, Koro Koro Magazine, which the manga is published in, announced that the manga would be coming to a close uh, next issue, whenever that comes out. Uh, the exact same, the exact reason for the sudden conclusion is unknown, though it may be as simple as the author, the author needing a break, which makes sense. Hey, there's a new po- uh, Pokemon um, game series coming out next month. Has nothing to do with this, probably, but hey, there it is. Next. So Funko, in its quest to fill up more of your of your shelf space, has unveiled figures based on iconic characters from the game Mortal Kombat. thing. Including Liu Kang, Sub Zero, Scorpion, and Raiden. Finish him. Indeed. So hey, I'm. I don't know what pops they haven't done yet, but they they there's more to the pile. Uh, speaking of piles, wait, that's not right. Uh, Transformers Generations Ghostbusters Ecto-1 Ectotron is now for pre-order, which, um, if you have been paying attention to, uh, this show, you know what I have been talking at length about. Well, one, this being a thing, which apparently it is now, um, and the other Optimus Prime one, which has already has been out there, and also the Transformers Ghostbusters series, which is just finished ending, actually. Uh, as of, I didn't get a chance to talk about it because I didn't get to, to to read it last week. But uh, yeah, and those both of those figures are from this, or vice versa, because you know sometimes one sparks the other. And this one, though, however, is cheap. As opposed to that, <laughs> it's forty bucks. Actually, but this is actually a transforming Ecto One, which is cool. Yes, which I which I have said per, before, knowing this was a, finally a thing. I wanted this, and I may mm-hmm. end up getting this. It is out there for you. It is. I actually, I forgot to show. He might already know about this, but I meant to uh, put this in the the, the back channel. See if Dirk already knew about this. I think he may or may not have been interested. So we'll see. Next up. Next up, Fanbase Press is celebrating 10 years, uh, 10 years of uh, since its founding, and um, it's their anniversary, so they're honoring it by putting out uh, two new releases, uh, Quince, the Definitive Bilingual Edition, and Nuclear Power. Okay. Do you know what today is? It's its anniversary. Uh, yeah. So uh, the publishing company, we uh, don't think we've heard too much about. Congratulations to them, though. And uh, if you're watching the video, you can see a uh, a cover for Quince. So cool. Um, some sad news to, to end up to end out the night. Um. Mark, uh, excuse me, Mike DiCarlo, um, which is a long time inker for uh, for comics, has uh, is asking for your help after family health emergency. Now, this was um, and this news came out last week, so, uh, and and um, I obviously didn't get a chance to fit it in last week with the with the with the new, all the news that was there, but. Um, 
He started a GoFundMe page to raise funds to help him and his wife, Tracy, pay for health care after two car accidents. Uh, DiCarlo is a veteran inker who has worked in the industry for over 40 years. His credits include Tales from the Teen Titans, The Judas Contract, Batman's Death in the Family, and Ten Nights of the Beast. So, and yeah, the article kind of goes into the... Um, uh, goes into the the issues they've been having uh which is very sad so if you have something within you to be able to give to this you can uh, go check that out they've already raised uh some some money through GoFundMe which sadly is becoming a lot of people's insurance in in this current climate that's really really a sad thing to say but um yeah there it is Uh, All right. So um, there's no real way to transition away from that outside of the fact that, hey, uh, you got another ad for us? Yeah, I was about to say, that's our last uh, news story of the night. So our last ad read is from my comic shop. Today's podcast is sponsored by my comic shop. Go to CSPN.us, then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, click on the My Comic Shop banner and order from a vast selection of new releases, back issues of vintage classics, graphic novels, and more to be delivered right to your door. Why bother schlepping to the local comic book store when you can order your books online? My Comic Shop through CSPN.us. Do it today. I'm just going to go ahead and put in here. You, sometimes it's good to schlep to your local comic books because they need the business too. Exactly. Like, just, just saying. So, schlep. I was about to say, some of us are Wednesday warriors. So yes. That, this ad isn't necessarily for us. Right. Um, but that being the case, folks, we are at the end of another exciting episode of this here comic book chronicles. Thank you each and every one of you for coming out and being with us, whether video or an audio form. Uh, we'll be back next week. Same bet time, same bet channel. Thursday nights, uh, nine thirty ish. Well, we've been doing. Yeah, well, we're always gunning for nine ish, but it ends up being nine. Yeah, but let's yeah, let's be real. It usually ends up being nine thirty a lot of times. Um, so yeah, that's when we record live on the YouTube's, and you can go come check us out then, or you can catch the audio after the fact whenever. Uh, uh, the CSPN puts it out, which is normally at this point around Saturday. Right. It usually used to be fr- uh, Friday, but uh, I don't. I don't know. Uh, regardless, we are now a weekend show. Well, I mean, we're we're anyway, but yeah, more weekend than we used to be, <laughs> and that's even in recording because we used to record on Friday. So that was a for for a for a small stretch. Uh, but that being the case, for myself, Roddy Cat, you can find me at Roddy Cat on Twitter. You can find me at News News Need on Twitter, at CB Caps on Instagram. You can find Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. Keep up with my uh, Inktober oh, yes. 2019 pose. Uh, I've got something in the uh, something cooking for tonight already, so I shouldn't be too far behind. On uh, day, what is it now? Seventeen. Uh, it'll be day eighteen uh, when uh, you know um, soon enough for me. But day seventeen is about to get inked and in the book. So uh, let me get off so I can ink it. Yeah, and by the time you read this, probably eighteen will have been finished, and he's working on nineteen. Right. 
Um, and for PC and underscore dirt. Uh, and yeah, you definitely go check out his good stuff. I love that. Like I said it before earlier, his silk is pretty dope. And he's uh, got a couple of other ones on and that is really great. Um, and I'm not just saying that because he's here. PC and underscore dirt on Twitter, pop culture net on Twitter, pop culture network.com and his umbrella sites therein. Tim D O G G nine eight on Twitter, the click nation on Twitter. That's the K L I Q N A T I O N the click nation.com CB cron, which is the, uh, uh, Twitter account for this year program. And of course, uh, comic book resources will be over there right in this face off. You can go check all of that. Go give them some clicks and some reads. He's doing some good stuff. You can find this here program on the Coastal of the Podcast Network. That's CSPN.us. Do it today. Indeed. You can also find us on your podcast perusal places of choice. That would be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, um, the Coastal of the Podcast SoundCloud page, and of course, Spotify. We'll be back next week, folks. Peace. Peace. One. I love it when a plan comes together. Good evening, Britain. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your